the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator. I want to give an unfiltered, be real, true evaluation of different things and, and really share my opinion as well. You fucking slap dicks. Fucking slap down the brass tags, crashing the ass was deep as trash. Titties all in, all gas, no brakes. I love sports. That's just a part of who I am. Big topics, even big titties and clothes. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of FHM magazine. And the coach JB Show. The coach JB Show. I'll never stop trying to reach the top because I still remember how the bottom feels. This is an anomaly, this guy right here. Yeah. This is a unicorn. Ain't nobody going to say shit about JB. I've got a clip on my shoulder. I'm trying to eliminate this soft society we have. I'll drink my yak and smoke my stick. And I'll get it back right. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Appreciate everybody joining us here on YouTube. What up, Sarah? How you doing? Appreciate Hello. You. What up, what up? We got a star-studded lineup once again. I'm going to give you the quote of the day, and we're going to get right to it. We got a, uh, a great guest on that's willing to help us join us today, and I know she's busy. I don't want to keep her waiting, and she's like a go-getter, so I don't want her to cuss me out later on either, so we're going to bring her in. Let me get to the quote of the day real quick. I got to start you off with a quote. Some of you fucks just don't understand, and you all need one in life, so um, quote of the day. I'm going to tick on the bottom. It's on the ticker. Fame is the thirst of our youth. I don't know if I could be more straight out, Sarah. I don't know. It is Thirsty Thursday, and uh, I got to have a quote about thirst, so I think, I don't know if you agree to that. But on. I do. Totally. Uh, I'm a, I'm <laughs> There's nothing our, anybody isn't willing to do anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask our guest. You know what I mean? Uh, she's, 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 uh, she is a bar stool betting extraordinaire. And uh, without any further ado, everybody in the, come on in the chat. Make sure you guys get in. I know it. Um, Kelly, what up? Hey, JB. What's going on, Sarah? Hello. I appreciate you joining us. So, Kelly Stewart, I know you don't go by your last name ever, I don't think, because everybody knows you as Kelly in Vegas. So, it's on Twitter, Instagram, Kelly in Vegas. It's on the ticker on the bottom. She is a co-host with, on Money Shots with Megan, right? Megan making money? Yeah, Megan's the best, man. She uh, she really keeps me laughing the whole show and keeps it going because I'm just the like local nerd. And these kids get so bored with all the data and trends that she breaks it up. <laughs> By saying some hilarious, like off-color joke, and it's she's. Is great. she like younger than? Is she younger? Oh yeah, oh, okay. we're not gonna say how old I am, but Megan is uh, a considerable amount younger than me, and she just blew up so quick. I, I'm so proud of her for her successes. Nah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining us. Um, I just wanted to introduce you so everybody knows she's uh, she's on she barstool. She so what do you do? You actually uh, you control a lot of or not control? You give a lot of betting uh, advice to folks, or do you just pick pick different things? No, I I, I like to educate as much as I possibly can. Like I said, I'm kind of the nerd. I, I've been very blessed in my life to have some really great mentors in the industry. When I started doing this, you know, 15 years ago. I was just a recreational better. I was just throwing down parlays for fun or betting a game here and there. And I, I didn't really understand the math behind it, the science, if you will. 
And I, I, like I said, I was very blessed to have several guys kind of take me under their wing and say, hey, why don't you look at things this way? Why don't you work on this? Share their power ratings with me. And that's basically what I'm doing with the Barstool audience. It's kind of regurgitating all the things I've learned and being able to kind of help them make better bets. At least if I can talk you off of a loser, that makes me happy. If I can get you winners and we can have a college football season like we did last year, even better. Hell yeah. I don't know if anyone knows. So Kelly is from... Kansas as well, and Sarah is from Kansas, and they actually hate each other already, and we haven't even been on the show five minutes. So Kelly is a Manhattan purple K-State Wildcat, and Sarah is a Lawrence Jayhawk. So those are two bad bloodline beefs right there. Huge rivalries. There's nothing else to do in Kansas, JB, but hate your your rival opponent. You live there. You know how this goes. Kelly, you know, do you know, so like I, I learned being there, I played college, I got, I was with the Chiefs for a minute, I, I coached in, in, in all these different areas, Western Kansas, Eastern Kansas, Southeast Kansas. Do you know, like, it goes KU basketball, it goes K-State football, and do you know the third biggest thing in that, in that state is Butler Community College football? Absolutely, the Bill Snyder pipeline. That's Are you crazy. kidding me? Garden City, Dodge City, Butler... Uh, Independence, there's there's several community colleges within the state of Kansas, and they are huge. Hutch Community College, Emporia. No doubt. And, you know, Pittsburgh State's a big thing because of the stadium and D2, but they're they're such a lot. You know, they're a great – they were a powerhouse for so long. So, I don't know if people understand uh, off topic. Like, Kansas, as far as recruiting high school kids, um, it's not a, a, you know, a a, a big – huge talent base right it's, it's not a lot no, of, of talent that comes I mean, just out of based there based on population density alone Pop, yeah population impossible. i mean you got states like montana and idaho there's just not a big recruiting base but but people like barry sanders and kansas has had legendary folks come out of there like wichita area and the kc area and, yep. and all those things but for a state as big as Kansas, a lot of people don't realize Kansas is a big state, but they don't have the population that, you know, it's eight hours across that state. I drove it many times. So it's a big ass state, right? So, but Kansas Jayhawk football and Juco, and then um, when, this, when, this, when the thing wait, all wait. changed. The Jayhawks don't have a football team. At least Sarah knows it's that. Well, practice squad. No, no, no. The, the the community college though is called the Jayhawk League. Right, so, the Jayhawk Conference. Which is crazy. <laughs> I know Kelly thinks it should be the Wildcat League, which it should be. No, 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 Because no. see, this is an argument I get in with people all the time. The history of Kansas is actually really incredible, and the history mm-hmm. behind the Jayhawk name is even more incredible. So you guys should take some time, educate yourselves on it, because Kansas is like was really like a very progressive state in the 1800s. And so I, I respect the Jayhawk name, just not the mascot. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. The mythical creature. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the fake bird. And, and I'm be honest, like everyone in the chat's like, damn, I'm like, look, I think no offense to any of your, your, your family members, but you have to be the most two beautiful humans in the state of Kansas that I've ever fucking seen in my life. Cause I've lived there and it's just not a very, uh, how shall I say? Uh, a lot of easy on the eyes women there. It, it, That's YouTube, why we don't live there anymore. <laughs> no shit. Like, damn. <laughs> how are you two from Kansas? I don't know. Um, uh, listen, I don't. 
It's not that I, I think that. I think it's just a population thing yet again. Of course, there's going to be more beautiful women in California, JB, just based on sheer numbers. No doubt. I mean, I can promise you, I can go to California and find uh, some not attractive women as well. Oh, I think there's shit. actually a listing somewhere, and I know it's not K-State because we always get uh, bagged on for being the agricultural college, but I'm pretty sure because of the high population of Johnson County residents that go oh, yes. to KU, I want to say KU got named like, Top 15, top 10 most beautiful women in college campuses mm -hmm. or something. And, that, and that's not an exaggeration. But they, in all fairness, KU does really, really great about bringing in out-of-state students. Mm. Right. International and stuff like that, too, I well, think. Well, even Chicago is like a hotbed for mm. KU. I mean, I know so many KU fans. I'm like, you're from Chicago. They're like, yeah, but I went to KU. I'm like, why? Because right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to go to Illinois. Um, yeah. I, I, see, I would have much rather been in Champaign. That's just me, though. Right. Uh, so tell everybody what got you into sports betting. Is it a passion or did you just, you were always a sports um, consciousness and was like, I'm going to get into this betting thing now and, and it blew up or how, how'd that work out? Oh no, I was way ahead of the curve. I was uh, in the days where talk radio were like, oh no, women don't belong in sports. Uh, all jokes aside, I made that joke the other day on the golf course and <laughs> got reminded very quickly. I'm not supposed to repeat it because it was supposed to be inside information, but that was, you know, circa 2014. I do think that what really got me into sports betting was my degenerate tendencies. Full disclosure. <laughs> I love sports. Loved, loved, loved sports growing up, right? My aunt uh, is a big K-State alum. She's great, has season tickets to every single sport, and she didn't have kids, so she would take me with. And I loved going. We'd go to women's volleyball games because kids got to go for free. And, like, you know, just there's not a lot else to do in Manhattan, Kansas, unfortunately, especially in the dead of winter. So you go to women's basketball games or you go to the, you know, you drive to Lawrence, you go to Allen Fieldhouse, things like that. And it really kind of like cemented in my, my soul, like how much I had a passion for this. And then when I moved to Vegas after college, I knew, I already knew I had some addictive tendencies. I already knew <laughs> I liked to gamble. Those things are already in deep rooted in me, even at 22. <laughs> I think that was like the hereditary stuff from my dad because I do think that a lot of people always think, oh, your dad must have got you into sports betting. Was your dad a bookie or was this the case? And I'm like, no, not at all. Uh, but I love to gamble. And I remember sitting at a blackjack table like night two or three that I had moved to Vegas, right? I didn't even unpack my apartment. And there I'm at a table. And this old guy dealing cards goes, this town is going to go one or two ways for you. He goes, either you're going to make a name here or you're going to go back to Kansas and be dead broke. <laughs> and it almost happened. He was correct. And I, I figured out that, that sports was a, a way for me to find an edge. Because if you do have great information and you do have like-minded people around you and you have really, truly smart people that know a lot more than you and that can share that with you, you can make a name for yourself. And I started at Don Best and those guys, I remember Todd Furman brought up something to me and he goes, so do you only know Big 12? And I'm like, well, Big 12 is just really what I like. Obviously following K-State, you want to follow the Oklahomas, the right. Texas of the world, all of that. And he said, so what about like the Pac-12? You live on the West Coast now. I'm like, I don't really care. And next thing I know, I'm getting like, you know, radio interviews to do the Pac-12. I'm like, Todd, can you help me? He goes, fake it till you make it, kid. <laughs> And uh, he yeah. wasn't wrong. Like, I had to ask for help a lot, and I was very blessed to do that. But full disclosure, sports betting really was just a fun hobby. I was bartending, doing bottle service in Vegas, using my worthless college degree for absolutely nothing, and trying to figure out what my next move was. And doing these videos for them and tweeting and doing all this other stuff on the side was just 
a fun hobby until it started getting me paid. And I realized like, wow, there maybe is something here that I'm not recognizing. Nah, no doubt. Uh, you were ESPN, obviously, and, and you're like me, right? We've been canceled, hated on, whatever. You come to Barstool to do your own thing, and at least from what I've read, um, you seem much more happy. You seem much happier being your own boss, so to speak, and doing you, I guess. I love it, by the way. Uh, did you find like a, a sense of like release that you get to kind of be your own boss and do your own thing with Barstool compared to being kind of fucking micromanage or whatever it may be in, in, with ESPN, which is obviously it's the big name platform, but um, obviously I think it's worked out, right? Oh, it's definitely worked out. Uh, right before this, we had an all-hands meeting, and our CEO, Erica, is just, she's just fucking fabulous. I'm just going to say I love her. I listen to her podcast all the time. She's got such great insight. And her and Dave were standing up there, and I think he might have cut her off and said, no, 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 if you're here to be micromanaged, you're here to have us tell you what to do. Like, this isn't the place for you. And I kind of laughed because I never realized that prior. You're right. Uh, when other names came calling, CBS, I worked for her for a little bit. I was with Bleacher Report, who's owned by AT&T, CNN, uh, TNT, you know, the NBA, that little NBA show that's so funny, you know, the, these big names. And so I felt like I had to go to ESPN. I felt like I had to take this job. I remember I had multiple people like, why is this even up for debate, Kelly? Anybody else would kill for this job. And I'm going, right. I don't know if I will. And I never actually got to have day one at ESPN. So I can't tell you for a fact if I would have been miserable, if I would have been somewhere in between. But I can tell you that at Barstool, allowing me to be remote, right now I'm in Florida. I was just in Vegas for the last week, headed to Kansas next week for the sportsbook launch. I get to go do whatever I want. I have a whole calendar sitting over there on the floor of dates mapped out of what sportsbook I want to go visit, which NFL game I want to go to, do all of these things. As long as I get my work done, I get to live my best life. And that's what's so beauty about Barstool is everything is content. Me, you know, drinking beers right. at, at the Bucks Saints game last year with grandma and just being absolutely content. And, and it got such mm -hmm. hilarious views because I was making Tom, fun of Tom Brady about it being past his bedtime because it was a primetime <laughs> game. And now that's like my new stitch. I'm like, yep. Five primetime games for Tom this year. Can't wait wait to bet against him already. <laughs> well, and whether those actually come to fruition are to still be seen. I'm not going to just blindly bet against him in primetime, but if the math works out, I might as well. And I think that's the beauty of Barstool is it's get it, you get to be yourself. I get to drop F-bombs. I get to say what I want. If something right. bothers me on any subject, I'm allowed to speak up. It's not like, nope, here's your parameters. Here's your little box. You better stay within them or you rock the boat and you're in trouble. It's almost like, Rocking the boat is kind of almost encouraged. You know, I just actually reposted on Twitter the uh, they announced that Paul Feinbaum was going to have his first, you know, guest co-host, and that was Alyssa Lang. And it just made me look at things differently because she has really been groomed to fit apart. And I see there's a lot more girls in the sports industry now. Uh, one in particular, like Annie Agar. She is also being groomed and you watch this whole thing happen and nobody is speaking up or saying anything because it's just part of growing up in sports, I guess, as a woman is you're supposed to fit a role and you're supposed to be a certain way. I would agree so. that Annie Agar is fabulous, by the way. I met her uh, during March. She is just right. as hilarious in person. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, they tried to cancel her over complaining about somebody wearing a backwards hat and from right. 2014. And I, t I literally texted her. I was like, girl, don't even, don't even 
worry about this is so minuscule it's gonna it's gonna be a blip on the radar you know and, and i a good friend of mine errol epstein working for the mlb network she is one of my favorite people we have the best time together but she went to syracuse she has a broadcast degree she's very polished yes. and that's just polished, something i've, that's I've never been i mm -hmm. i've never i mean i have a i have a business degree i i don't know if i would ever have made it in the business world because i am a little cutthroat but then also i'm like jb i'm a hustler and right. sometimes that, that correlates. But the fact that I don't have to go to BS company like functions, I don't have to work Kiss nine to five, which really isn't even <laughs> nine to five. You know, I've got my whole day planned out today, tomorrow, Saturday, even for the games, but I get to make that schedule. And you're right, working for most major companies, that's just not how it works, unfortunately. And uh, I've never really been a corporate girl and I've kind of always known that. So this role with Barstool has really just fit in so nicely because I can't explain it other than just getting to do your own thing is really refreshing. Nah, it has to be. It has. It has to be. I, what, I, I speaking to Annie, I, she's coming on the show next week. We became pretty close too. We got to hang out during Super Bowl Radio Row with, with, when I was there for Pat and everybody. But um, she was a fan. She reached out to me like a couple years ago. We ended up being. We talked a lot, so I was. I told her the same thing you did. I'm like, man, fuck the haters. They're our biggest fans. So let that. Hey, Cat Williams. I had to play it a couple of times and remind myself. Cat Williams said it best. You only got 20 haters. You better go find 20 more, and uh, that, they make the world go round. I try not to block too many of them because some of them are really funny. The mute button does wonders though, because then they just get to talk to themselves, and I at least don't have to see it because I'm I'm very bad about clapping back. Clearly, that's why I got canceled at ESPN from clapping back from 10 years ago. And that's just the thing is you, if you're going to clap back, it better be smart and witty. You can't really punch down. And that's something I've had to learn and, and teach some of the other ladies in the industry. Like this loser is not worth one second of your time. Right. And it's really easy for me to tell them that and then not actually implement that myself. Yeah. I need you to coach me up because I'm fucking horrible. I cut everybody <laughs> out. Listen, don't you think, JB, in a perfect world, you and I would be brother and sister, and we would just turn around and tell everybody to get fucked. I get it. I would love to do that. But that's not, it's unfortunate. That's not how, especially with a nameless, faceless person on the internet, you just, it's almost like you got to remind yourself to be better. And You have so much more to lose than they do. Exactly. I know, I know, I get it. Pat and everybody tells me all the time. They're like, "Dude, you are the most unfiltered fuck I've ever heard." I go, "Dude, I, <laughs> and I, I just love can't. it. I think it's I, great. I it's hard for me to like. My daddy always said, "Man, don't have scabs on your knees. You don't kiss ass." And I'm like, "Yeah, I say the other thing, but you know, it is what it is." Um, <laughs> let me ask you this: What's your future goals look like? Are, you want to go bigger and beyond, or is this like something you want to be like? I don't know. Is there another platform for your content, or you think this is like you're content right now? That's a really good question. Uh, I know that I should have a five-year plan. I, I do not. I'm the same I'm with way. Barstool through 2024. And all I'm focused on right now is picking winners. I'll be really honest with you. My college football season is my bread and butter. And if I have a bad season, I'm going to hear about it. And I can promise you that. So as of right now, I haven't thought about like what the future really holds. Um, I've got a ton of friends in the industry. I have people reach out to me all the time. Like when's your contract up? What do you got going on? I'd love to have you over here. I'd love to have you over there. But one thing I've realized is that especially working in the nightclubs in Vegas, right? Like every year a new nightclub opens, the grass is always greener over there and you may make more money that first year, but maybe staying put is, is the right answer. And right now I, I can't imagine working for another company other than Barstool Sports. Again, 
in, in two years, they may say, hey, Kelly, it's been a fun run, but you're getting too old. We got, we got a young demographic. You're not it. And, it. and it may just be that way. But as of right now, I'm enjoying the ride and trying to focus on the now as opposed to what's going to happen later. I have a, a really good agent. He always tells, texts me, checks in, asks how things are going and says, you know what, you're just, as long as you keep getting to be you, that's really special because like Sarah just said, a, a lot of uh, people in the media space, and that's what's so almost hypocritical about certain people losing their jobs or getting canceled. Because I've met several of these, as JB would call, slap dicks in person. And that's exactly what they are. And if their employer knew what they were like after, you know, five or six cocktails, I'm not saying I'm any better. I'm just saying that some of them are not exactly beacons of morality. Right. But you are you. And you know who you are. You know what I mean? A lot of these people just... I. I Something that I'm learning now in the industry, it's like, oh. <laughs> Kelly, you don't even know, Kelly. Later on, after you remove yourself from this particular show, we're going to slide into Sarah's DMs in a segment. Oh. And you should really, so I know. Sarah should I should really have her DMs closed. That was one of the better things I ever did to myself. Like, oh, for myself, my was just like, all right, I don't need this. Good, bad, indifferent. It is. It takes up way too much of your time. I understand maybe for Sarah's perspective, interacting with them a little bit may be a key to making some more money. But for me, it, some of these dudes are exhausting. I, I just, I just don't have the time. But it's like, the dudes, right? It's it's the dudes that you find that are, have a little bit of blue check marks under them that are creepy, and that's what she's <laughs> kind of gonna tell. So you mean to tell me that? These aren't just like random. These are like no. checkmark dudes sliding in from their professional account. Yes, yes, Woo. not even their fake account. Like I would, I. That's why I'm so flabbergasted with the whole thing. I'm like, that takes balls, wow. man. That takes balls. I mean, I'm almost <laughs> proud of them. That, that shows, like, that is. Uh, I'm shocked. Well, I, I would hey. not. I, I, I. Or the selfies. You're like. <laughs> Well, really? I just found out on Twitter the other day that you can actually click only like verified people that follow you. So me I was too. Like, oh my God, there's all here. You'll appreciate this, Sarah. Akib Talib was following me, and I'm like, I hate you. You were a defensive back, but then I kind of liked him at Denver. But now I hate you again, and now here you are following me. And you have, I wonder if all these years later he's seen all the slander, <laughs> shit talking that I've said. So are yeah. you a Chiefs fan then? No, I am a okay, Broncos good, fan. Good, it makes good. it even worse. Uh, I grew up, my, I have a half-sister that married a guy from Denver, and I got on that Broncos bandwagon with John Elway, you know, Shannon Sharp, that whole that oh, whole yeah. fun back-to-back uh, -back Super Bowl, and they hooked me in, and then I had to suffer through all the shitty years with Jake Plummer <laughs> and Jay Cutler and more recently uh, about 14 other quarterbacks since Peyton Manning left. It's been really insufferable, and I, I don't have high hopes for Russell Wilson but that's oh, that I I got him in the Super Bowl versus the Rams. What? I have I'm telling you right now, Kelly, I've never missed on a quarterback. I'm just telling you. Russell Wilson's going to have an MVP type of year and Denver's loaded on D. They they lost they that They are big, loaded on D. They lost that I, wide I like out that, that D, hurt them. That D really took a hit when Vaughn left from a leadership standpoint, mm -hmm. but I think Chubb's going to fill that role. And uh, I really hope that that defense is better because listen, the AFC West is absolutely loaded. The Raiders are going to be good. We know the Chargers are going to be good. I'd like to say in some crazy form or fashion, the Chiefs are going to take a step back. But even last year, they didn't cover, but they were still winning games. 
Yeah, I think they are going to take a step back. I, I think that mm-hmm. offense is predicated about around quickness, and now they've become long and heavy on the edge and wide out, and I don't think that's a Mahomes strong suit to deal with. Up no, possession. it's not, but I think I think the Tyreek Hill transfer to, uh, you know, not yeah. transfer. Yeah, I'm thinking about might college, as well man. transfer. Tyreek Hill leaving for Miami yeah. is, uh, is a little bit overblown because at least now he's got three, if not four, wide receivers that are absolutely – great and now there's no what are they going to double team kelsey yeah but they're not going to have that explosion they're not going to get that you know you you can't you can't sidearm and be gimmicky and throw some shit behind your back like he likes to do because they don't have that quick shit they got guys that have to run real routes at precise depth to be able to throw the ball on time and mahomes is not that guy he's not brady he's not a timing guy he's not not so, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I think Russell's going to surprise, even though he's weird as fuck and I don't, that weird fucker, but is he's. Is he really that weird or is he just shy? Is he just, <laughs> is he really that weird? Because the let's ride, Megan makes fun of me all the time. She's like, Kelly, let's ride. I'm like, oh God, stop reminding me. I love Sierra and all that, and it's all cute and all that, but the shit he does is just some weird shit. But you know what? He's never had an issue with his character. He's never been those creepy fucks. He's never had any domestic violence. Like, we got these shitbirds in the league that continue to get shot after shot after shot, and it's like, ah, man, you know, it's crazy how we allow some in and not the others, and it's like, I don't know. I I, I root for the guy because, I, you know, I think, he, uh, I think he's still a top – seven eight guy in the league I, I think the last year in seattle was just because he wanted out and you know every time you went out you have well and his defense did him no favors let's just be honest right. god i would have been I <laughs> i'm such a sore loser and this is why i am glad that i was born a woman because let me tell you if i well also i'd have been short and angry if i was a guy so that's the whole other beside the point but let's just say i was an nfl quarterback like i would they would be like i hate this guy he sucks because I, you know, I'd be over there cracking skulls on the, you know, defensive side of the ball. Hey, you guys dropped an interception pass, or you guys gave up a, a huge touchdown, and it's got to be really frustrating, especially when you're an elite quarterback. And I would say that Russell is in that elite category. I'm not saying he's still elite, but at one point in time, he has definitely had some elite tendencies. And I, I hope, I hope from a fan perspective, that you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah, I think he is. I got to get your take on something, and there's two females here to talk to, so I, I want to get a pr- female's perspective that understands this. So here's my take. I don't want to come off sexist because I'm not, but I am real. So I want to get your take on females coaching in the NFL. And, and, and before I get it, here's my take so you understand why I say this. Um, the WNBA has a rival league to the NBA. It's They play the same game. It's five-on-five, ten-foot basket. It's equal. I believe women should coach in the NBA if they're, if they're able, right? I think it's an equal. NFL, there is no equal in women's sports. Like, And I don't want to hear the lingerie league and all this shit. I think a lot... <laughs> I think that's a so slap long. in women's face. I forgot that even existed. <laughs> yeah, it is. I and did I, try out for the Vegas Lingerie League. I want you to know that. Hey. And I got there, and those girls were big. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I, I look at it, Kelly, like like that's more of a slap in the face to women than it is a real league. Those guys are only there to watch you in fucking lingerie. Come on. So so my thing is this. It makes zero sense to me for a woman to coach in the NFL that's ne- you know, can't. How are you going to motherfuck Willie Rofe at left tackle? And, and get something through to him where he's going to be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And that's, it comes off sexist, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if there is a, I don't know if, if you're really getting something from it more than it's, if it's an NFL PR move 
And now with the whole Rooney rule and they, they're coming out with saying, well, you have to interview a woman now. It's kind of taken away from interviewing uh, African-American. Now I'm like, well, wait, which one is it? So, I mean, do you think women should coach? I mean, it's fine that you do. I, please cuss me out if you need to. Do you think women should coach in the NFL? And, 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 and if so, why? And if not, why? I mean, I just think that it's tough. I think there's plenty of jobs for women in the NFL. Don't get me twisted. I'm just saying as far as actual coaching on the field, a position, uh, I just find it rough. So for me personally, I don't think I could ever coach in the NFL. Uh, you're right. Five foot me chewing out some six foot five O linemen probably wouldn't go over very well. But there's always exceptions to the rule, JB. I want to see a woman, if she's going to do it, do it fucking right. Because right. this is the whole thing. I don't want it to be a PR move. I, I would be lying if I said that I didn't think I got hired at multiple jobs because I was a woman. But I'm going to stand there with the boys. I'm going to shoot the shit. I'm going to bring my points and I'm going to prove that I deserve a seat at that table. And that's Absolutely. something that I've always done. I mean, I, I brought up the Don Best guys earlier. I sat down at that table and said, I want to be here. Who's going to help me achieve certain goals? Because I'm going to be that face for you guys to get you more views. But I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to fuck up. And so uh, I think it was the Raiders was the first one to hire a female strength coach. Yeah. Now, I'm not against that because... I'm sure she has a kinesiology degree. I'm sure she was probably working with a football team in college. And I'm sure that there was something significant about her enough to say, you know what? She is trained highly enough in the human body that she is very capable of this. Also, I believe that she was a lesbian. So there should mm -hmm. be no intermingling, right? Like I don't have a problem with, with women doing traditional men jobs as long as you're there doing it with a purpose and either doing it better than a man or at least equal to. And that's where it would be difficult, I think, from not having played the game fo of football. But there are women that have played football in high school. Uh, we, you know, we had a kicker at Vandy most recently. I, I, yes. It's just, it's really one of those things that it comes down to respect. Are you going to earn the respect from these guys? And how are you going to do it? And that's what, right. I don't know how that always correlates, but I guarantee there are women that are referees, there are women that are coaches that can absolutely do it. It's the same thing. Okay, here's a good example. Here's the same thing. Women in the military, right? I, if you're going to go there and you're going to be a fucking badass, I am all for it. But if you're going to go in right. there and get your other guys killed because you did something wrong, then I'm going to be pissed off. And I think that that's a very extreme example, but that's just what pops in my mind because there's all these debates about what we're capable of doing. Like we know as women, Sarah and I, have a different strand of DNA than you guys, and we are right. more wired to do certain things. Men are more wired to do other things. And that's I, okay, you know? It is okay for it to be that way. I, I, that's all I got. I mean, I, I know it's a hot take. Somebody may not like it, but it's my opinion. And I definitely think that, absolutely, if you can walk into that locker room and you can command the respect, the same as a man head coach or assistant coach would be able to do, perfect. Perfect. No. I'm all for it. But I don't want to see you get hired because you have a vagina and the NFL is trying to do some stupid PR move. That is dumb. And that only hurts women actually yes. in the long term because no, you I are going to half-ass your job. Like come in, do it 110%, prove that you deserve to be there. And I'll support you 100%. No, Just like the Vanderbilt kicker situation. You nailed it. I mean, that was a PR stunt. It's not something that is, you know, you do it and you do it right and you be there and you be for real about it. Yeah. I, the only, only issue I have is like, 
you know, you can't always be in the where the in football in the, in the locker room, and, and our next guest uh, will be able to talk about this. Um, you know, the thing is, like, you got this camaraderie, right? It's a, it was an intimate. It's probably the most intimate setting in professional sports or any sports. The locker room, and now it's probably not as what it once was because now you got people filming everything, recording you, and you got to watch what you say as a coach and a, and all this. The woman that's coaching, though, can't go in that locker room with those guys and shoot the shit now because you got men showering, etc. right? And so I think it would be so hard to to build that camaraderie that a guy would have with a guy in that profession. It's a little different. I guess you can do it in the WNBA, though, too, so you can say the same thing. So I get what you're saying. I agree with you totally, too. I'm, I'm just trying to get a woman's perspective because it's a little different. You know, I, I wonder, you know, the thing about women, is, and I'm not very good at this, but women have uh, a little bit more of an emotional side, so I could see if a guy on the team was going through some problems, let's just say at home with his wife or kids, I think he would be more apt to talk to that female coach as like an actual human being like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Do you have any advice for me? As opposed to a male coach. Because a male coach is going to be like, suck it up. Don't bring your personal shit to work, essentially. But a female coach is going to take that time and have that understanding and be able to like, hey, listen, here's what I would do. From my perspective, go home and try to make amends with your wife by doing X, Y, and Z. Versus a guy's going to be like, get your fucking mind right. You're supposed to be thinking about football when there's a distraction there, right? And so I do think that women bring a lot to the table in terms of what they could provide. But again, I just want to see it done right. And that's all that matters. Just like with me, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, you're breaking all these barriers. You're doing all these things. I'm like, you guys, I just want to bet sports. I don't want to, I don't. I, I laughed the other day. Somebody's like, you're such a role model for little girls. I'm like, no, I'm a role model, but not to do. Don't do what I did. Go, go to school, get good grades. No, go no go to broadcasting school, get more polished. No uh, doubt. You know, it is okay. You work for ESPN. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever it is, but don't use me as a role model. I like to drink too much, have fun with the boys, go to games, yell, cuss, do all these things. And it's okay, but I, I to say someone's a role model or they're doing like I, I'm not carrying cancer here, you guys. I'm 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 trying to pick winners with everybody else, and I get a I get a little shit for being a woman, but when you win, that kind of shuts everybody up. Nah, no doubt, no doubt. No, I I appreciate you coming. I got I want to bring in my next guest just to, as you're leaving and he's coming in. I want to I wanted him to because he play, he's a six year NFL vet and played for the Giants, 49ers, Cardinals, and I want to ask him because he's a fan too. Uh, Adam, what up, man? You good? What's going on? Yeah, I'm good, man. What's up? I don't know if you know Kelly. Kelly from Barstool Sports. Um, did you, yeah. I don't know if you heard the question, Hi, man. Uh, the question is, should what women up? coach in the NFL? I just want to get your perspective uh, with Kelly. Kelly answered it beautifully. Um, I, I was kind of not trying to be sexist, but I was like, listen, man, uh, I don't know how, how, it would, how would a, a woman coach you at your position, for instance. And, I understand, and Kelly broke it down beautifully. Do you, do you think you could take an ass-ripping from Kelly? Now, I know I mean, she looks good enough, dog. I would take it, <laughs> but I'm just saying. I, yeah, I would take it, if I'm being honest with you, yes. <laughs> how effective it would be, I don't know. Uh, no, I think there's a place for women in sports, uh, especially in the NFL. Uh, there, was a, there was a woman coach with the Niners a few years back who kicked ass. Um, I think with the offensive line position, it would be tough because I, there's a certain level of respect uh, with an offensive line coach who's done what you do. Hank Fraley, if you guys are watching Hard Knocks, is a great example. Yep. Hank played at a high level for a long time, so he 
commands the respect of his room because he did it. He was in the trenches. He knows what it feels like. He is speaking from experience. The space where I think it would be hard to, to, to figure out would be when you've never played my position, you've never been in the trenches, you don't know what the blood, yeah. sweat, and tears are like. That's all I'm saying, yeah. How could I – What? Where's? it's a disconnect, you know what I'm saying? But there is a space for it, and I think it, it it's it's a great thing for our league to do is allow women nah. to be a part of a part of it. You and and, and I wanted to ask Kelly because it's, it's similar to me. Charlie Weiss took the KU <laughs> job. Horrible head coach. He leaves. He leaves Belichick. By the way, Kelly. He leaves Belichick, and he's fucking horrible as a head coach because he never played. But then you got a guy like Mangino who actually won at KU, who never played. You know, he didn't really play. But then you got, you got, you You got. Hey, side note, JB. How bad do you think KU misses Mangino? Goes to an Orange Bowl, gets canceled. Where's he at? Like Youngstown State. I went to high school with his kids. Right. I know. I, I know. As one kid was at Iowa State for a I while. I actually hated him at KU because I was like, the you, first time K-State lost to KU in like 20-some years. It was embarrassing. Nah, I get it. I, you know, I don't know. There's like people out there, though, that, you know, you know, Mike Leach never played. He was a lawyer. Pepperdine. Hey. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's like kind of equivalent him. to the, not the female coaching aspect, but like what, what Adam said, it's kind of the disconnect that you never played. So how can you be in my locker room? Like telling me how it really is to not only Butch study, Jones. be at practice. It's the same one, that. huh? I said Butch Jones. It's the same thing. He was in the band. Yeah. How yeah. do you coach a, a football team? Nah. With nah, zero experience. Nah, I get it. Um, no, nah, I get it. I, one last question, Kelly. I gotta ask: Is Portnoy judged harshly like our, we are? Uh, I think Portner is a great guy, and that's just – he'll never see this, so I'm not saying it just because I work for him. I've met him a couple of different times when I was first started at Barstool, and then I put my foot in my mouth in Ann Arbor last year because I took Washington plus seven and a half, and they just got ran all over by Michigan. I looked really stupid. He talked a lot of shit after that one, and, and rightfully so. I deserved it. Uh, and then when we all hung out in Chicago, I got to hang out with him just a little bit more, not one-on-one, but in a smaller setting. He gets a lot of shit for building a fucking empire that has been absolutely incredible. Um, Kelly Keegs, one of my coworkers yesterday answered this question perfectly about the culture. You're talking about women in sports just in general and women at barstool sports. I hear this word misogyny thrown around all the time. And I'm like, are you drunk? The, 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 the guys get shit on. Look what's going on right now with Mincy. He's just getting shit all over because he probably shouldn't have made a phone call. If that was me, I probably would have got a private phone call and been like, hey, you kind of fucked up. You shouldn't have done that. We get treated like absolute and utter queens there. Anything we need at any point in time, there's a producer, a blogger, somebody. It's it's incredible. And what he's built as far as like the culture and how awesome it is, there's, you know, 200 different media personalities all trying to get along in a a four-story office in New York City. And I get to work remote. I love it. I, I can't explain it. I, it's just, he's such a great guy. And, and honestly, he's an inspiration. That's why when they tried to cancel him last year and he brought the receipts so hard, I was like, thank you. Cause I, you know, I was defending him amongst my friends group, but I hadn't spoken out on Twitter because I'm the type of person I like to get all the facts before I make a, an, a formed opinion. And I wasn't getting that. And, you know, it was like, Hey, don't say anything. Let Dave handle this. And then boom, there's his press conference. Like, what about this, 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 this? And I, and I, after that day, I was like, 
yep, he's he's it for me. He's he's the guy. He's gonna go to bat for anybody. Like Sarah said, she was on his show for getting trying to get canceled for going to kids' football game. Like the the insanity that's happening in the, around America right now is is just got me in like a tizzy. And so it's it's refreshing to have guys like Dave who literally are uncancelable. Did I say that right? An- uncancelable. Yeah. yeah. Because they just have set a precedence. It's like, fuck you. You're not going to cancel me. Try again. Mm. No, nah, no doubt. No doubt. Man, you've been the best, Kelly. We got to do it again. I appreciate yes, you coming. I know you. you're busy. I know you're busy. You and Sarah, I'll, I'll hook you up and I'll get you <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Can yes. I come in, Sarah? Yeah. We'll go out. We'll go, we'll go make fun of Tom Hell Brady yeah. in prime time. <laughs> yeah, I'll hook you up with Sarah, definitely. And uh, I'll hit you I up. Mean, I appreciate you, you coming on. Be safe out there traveling around. <laughs> Adam, I'm sure maybe maybe Adam can get us like sideline passes or something. Right. I, I could make that happen, probably. <laughs> Although my, ugh, I'm I'm running thin now. I've been retired for a long time. No, didn't you go to the Super Bowl with the 49ers? You know what? That's the year I missed. I was in Arizona that oh. year. Let's not talk about that yet. Okay, I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for the sore subject. Oh man, yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Have a great day, guys. All right, thanks. Nice to meet you. Bye. Appreciate her coming in. Um, shout out. And we got, let me change the banner here, man. I, I, I threw that on you, brother. I, I'm sorry about that. Adam Snyder's coming in with us. Um, he's at, he's coming right in. I'm going to put throw this on the banner so you guys can all give him a follow. Make sure you follow him up. Um, Adam Snyder, there's his uh, Twitter right there. Uh, former uh, Oregon All-American NFL veteran joins us. Um, Adam, that's uh, Sarah. She's our co-host, so she's uh, welcome. Hey, appreciate Hello. you coming on, man. Uh, what's going on, brother? I appreciate you coming on, man. How you doing? Good, man. I played some golf this morning. I'm out here in the desert being real sticky right now. It's about 110 degrees. Oh, Got shit. Got to play early, get no out, doubt. get back in the house. <laughs> We're going to have to hook up at Silverleaf soon, man. No doubt, man. Anytime, anytime. No, I appreciate it. Well, so what do you got going on right now? I know you're doing some things. What, what's what's yeah. going on with you? So uh, I got four young kids. I got a 13, 11, eight, and six, uh, three boys and a girl. So I'm, you know, coaching those football teams and helping out with, with all the parenting stuff and all that jazz. And then um, three years ago, we opened an offensive line training facility out here. So I saw you had Matt McChesney on. Yeah. Uh, so Matt was a was our first stop in Colorado to go kind of check out the lay of the land, how he runs his things. And uh, we found we found a nice little niche market out here in Arizona, man. There's no one really doing it. There's a guy up in Scottsdale that's got a really great place. Well, Charles Bentley is out here doing the pro guys. Uh, but there was no one really working with the high school age kids. And uh, I coached I coached high school ball for about four years. We had Brock Purdy from Iowa State, took us to a couple state championships. But I really fell in love with the coaching aspect and how rewarding it was after being a player. You know, some guys kind of – want to get away from the game. And um, I tried a few other things, sales and all that stuff. I quickly found out that shit wasn't for me. I know football and I know how to, how to get the best out of, out of kids and fell in love with it. Um, So long story short, ended up opening an offensive line training facility here in Chandler. So just giving back to the kids, man, giving back to the kids. and, And it's such a rewarding job to watch them develop and, and then go take that and go, to the next level and keep, you know, keep that window open for as long as they can. Nah, so. no doubt. I appreciate it. Yeah, I had yeah. Matt on. He was great, man. We're going to actually, t- we're talking about doing an actual coaching show together uh, like twice nice. a week at, in the evening time. So 
Um, he knows his shit, man. I know you do too, but he yeah. knows his shit. No so doubt. In terms of offensive and defensive line, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. He's going to come on. Uh, he's going to be a staple on the show. I'm going to announce it tomorrow, but he's going to be on with us uh, once a week, every Wednesday. So we're going to call Perfect. it work, work Boot Wednesday. Get us over the hump, you know. Um, I love it, man. Love hey, so you go to Oregon. Do you play Do you play for Mike or Chip? I play for Mike Bilotti. So Mike coached yeah, with my uncle, that. so I've known Mike forever. He coached with my uncle at Chico State, believe it or not, way okay. back, uh, D2 yeah, and yeah. Cali. I think Zoom was there, too. Yeah. I yeah. was with that staff of, like, Aliotti, yep. Gary Campbell. Yep. Um, Don Pelham. Zubukos. DP. Uh, DP, all them dudes, man, that have been there for 30-plus years. They had, like, 200-plus years experience at Oregon, which, no you know, I've heard Joey Harrington talk about is what made it so special for, the, like, my class of guys was – you knew who was going to be there. You knew how they coached. Everything was – they were staples. And yeah, uh, that's why it kind of was a big uprising when they they've kind of got rid of everybody. But Oregon's done what they've done. They put themselves on the map again, and Chip took them to some places we never got. So no, proud no. alumni, and I'm – you know, hate to see those guys go, but I know they're all doing well, and they appreciate the foundation they laid uh, for, for who Oregon is now. No doubt. What's uh what's Larry Allen uh jersey hanging up? You know, we grew up Yo, together. Dude, I got to play with Larry for two years uh, in San Fran. That's and, right. Um, okay. Larry, we it was our, our secret Santa gift. And everyone's ah. like, he, he told everyone else, he didn't tell me that he drew my name and he gave me one of his Pro Bowl jerseys. That jersey happens to be from the uh, year I was I was drafted. Wow. Yeah, wow. so I put that thing up real quick. I'm like, dude, I got to play with the goat. Hey, we grew up in Compton Did you play together. with? Patrick Willis or not? Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. older than Patrick. Yeah, I was there with Pat for probably about five years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, a he's, Patrick fan. Talk about a leader. I mean, and just God given ability to lead mm-hmm. and, and a nose for the football. I know he dealt with some injuries, which has kind of shut his career down probably way too soon. Uh, but the amount of work he was able to put in in those short years and, and the, the trademark he put on the linebacker position was incredible. It was incredible to be a part of. You knew the second he walked on uh, to the field, he was all about business, man. All about it. And, was uh, he was, was Staley with you? Walking. Yep. Joe's one of my best friends. Yep. Damn. Joe was uh, – I'm two years older than Joe. Okay. But gotcha. when we drafted him, I hated that motherfucker, though. <laughs> he yeah. took my spot, man. No doubt. Uh, you got – you got you what's man. your favorite Joe Staley? We got a huge fan in here. What's your favorite Joe Staley story? Oh man, I a lot got of them. So many. Some I can tell. Some I some I'll have to wait till we hang out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I feel no, but there we played in. Um, we were playing in Seattle, and I was playing left guard. He was playing left tackle. And Joe and I have a brotherly relationship. I mean, we the second we met, we clicked and, and all that. So we were real close. And uh, I think I think uh, we were running a scat protection, and it was like a big. Uh, it wasn't a big deal. It was a duel, right? So it was my responsibility to see the linebacker. Yeah. And make the adjustment. Well, I didn't see him. He hit the quarterback. And Joe put his two fingers in the middle of my chest and dog cussed me left and right as we're walking. We completed the pass, but the quarterback got hit. And he motherfucked me, put his fingers in my chest. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you're not my dad, dude. Don't don't talk to me like that. And we we're in the middle of – we're playing a game. We're walking down the field. And I'm like – so I had to check him a, a couple times because he played at such a high level that I was behind him always in terms of, like, talent. And so uh, not, if it wasn't up to his standards and it was a, it was a good leadership role for him. It was, it was, he got into that role about the right time. He, he was real quiet for his first couple of years and then started playing at a real high level and expected everybody to give their best at all times and be on top of it. And I, you know, I thank him for that. Did you play for Singletary there? 
Yep. I was, so I got, I, w- I got drafted there in 05, and okay. I played there until 2011, and then went to the Cardinals in 12, and then back to the Niners in 13, and then to the Giants in 14. So I was there through the Mike years, too, yep. Let me ask you this, kind of talking about Staley. you saying Staley was uh, – you thought was better as far as the talent ceiling – and he was that leader because of you, he wanted you to meet his expectations. Where yeah. a lot of cats, I talk about like Dion coaching at high school. I heard he was not very good because he thought you can turn hip turn and run like he did, and it's just yeah, not right. possible. What is right. it? Do you find that to be a real issue with like a guy like Singletary who was a fucking monster in the NFL? The backers probably will never be a Singletary or a Lawrence okay. Taylor. I just got to hang out with. Do you find that to be a real thing? And do you find that those type of coaches struggle as a coach more than the guy that wasn't very good that can get through I, to you? I think so, man. And and just from experience, I think Mike is a great man. Uh, obviously, he was a great football player. Uh, comes with a lot of respect. He's a great motivational speaker. You can get guys to run through a brick building. Uh, I think he had a hard time understanding how the game changes and how the game has changed. It was a mentality of like, I don't care if the defense knows what you're running. We're running it. And I'm like, well, there's nine guys in the box, Coach, and they're calling power out. And they watch film now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should give ourselves a chance and maybe get out of the play. Uh, <laughs> but his mentality was in that, you know, what the era he played, man. And it, the game had changed. The body compositions had changed. Athletes had changed. Uh, and I think he had a hard time grasping that part of it um, because he was an excellent – I mean, obviously a Hall of Fame, arguably the greatest linebacker of all time didn't quite translate to the coaching aspect. And I think he would admit to that. He, I know he, he went to high school and didn't do very well in Texas. Right. Uh, a couple of years where it just wasn't right. You know, the philosophy of football had changed, man. And I saw that. So here's a good example. Mike coached us in 2010. I think we were seven and nine. We'd won some games. We had some, some athletes. We had a nice roster. Jim Harbaugh came on in 2011, the lockout year and completely changed the philosophy of how we were going to attack the game of football. And it opened my eyes because I was a West Coast guy, maybe check out of a play, maybe just run it type deal. Yeah. And Harbaugh, we were the same roster. I think we added some guys late in camp that really played a big role at the end of the year. But it was the same roster that we went seven and nine. We went 13 and three and we're, we're two punts away from a Super Bowl. No and I, I think we matched up the best against the Patriots. We would, we would have done real well against the 314. Uh, hmm. But it just in terms of coaching philosophy, Jim understood um, – that the game changes and, and why not as an offense put ourselves in the best position. If it's a chess match, we can play chess too. We don't have to just run power because that's what we want to run. We can get to it. Right. You know, if we start with something else. So that's, you know, just a different coaching philosophy and understanding that the game does change. It has changed and it's going to continue to change. What were you close with Frank Gore or, or uh, was he just a, was he a no, absolute I, beast? Bro unbelievable unbelievable like frank obviously we know how how good of a runner he was and and to fight through the adversity he went through tore both his acls in college his backfield in college was nasty right mcgahee uh clinton portis yeah i think edge was there at some point yeah yeah i mean they had a squad and frank somehow made it made it through two acl tears he was a leader that you that you write about in books uh, never played the game for himself, played for all the guys around him. I mean, crying after practice type leadership. Like, it's just not good enough. we got to be better. You know, and he wanted it for everybody. He didn't want it for himself. He wanted all of us. 
to, to experience success at, at a high level. And um, <clears throat> what I always tell people about Frank is I think what made him such a good runner was he spent almost all of his time with us in our O-line meeting room. And he knew what we, as each individual player, he knew what we did well. And so like power, power is a downhill, no fair dodging, you know, all the terms they use for power, right? Briar patch run type shit. Yeah. Follow, follow the pulling guard. Hey, but, 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 but Mike Singletary running power, he's probably just <laughs> running power and Harbaugh's probably running power at the three or at the shade. No he's question. got a, he's got a reason for it. Right. Right. So this was, this was back when we're running power, like double team, the front side, pull and kick out with the H or the tight end. Right. And that's, it's designed to go downhill at the double team. Right. Well, Frank knew that our center was really, really good at back blocks and he knew the flow of the defense was going to chase the pulling guard. Well, he knew he could sliver through that backside A gap. He broke off four or five. Some of these runs you still see of Frank, 73 yards, 78 yards. He didn't have breakaway speed, but he he wasn't touched for 70 yards. Those were all backside A gap runs on power. And he but he knew the center was really good at back blocks, right? And so he would study what we did as an offensive line. He knew what everyone's job was, and he knew where the holes were going to be before they were there. Hey, um, he spent a ton of time with us. I know Sarah's like, she understands all this shit too, so don't worry about it. Um, I yeah. <laughs> hey, Sarah has four kids. She's got one in playing soccer, and she's, she's a. No she's, soccer. My kids are not foot I mean, fairies. I'm sorry. Not no more. So she's got kids playing football and sports, and she's on their ass like we would be. And yep. I, talking to Matt McChesney, he runs that deal similar, and, you know, he played in the league and, and, and loves training kids. His deal is, and I want Sarah's take because she's kind of hard on her kids, which is refreshing to see that, you know, she don't allow them to do whatever they do. Like I see a lot of parents allowing now. Yeah. Um, you rather coach the kid like Matt or would you rather coach the coach? Like, Because I, I want to coach the coach. I want to start fucking coaching coaches because I think the kids are struggling because the coaches are allowing more than they've ever allowed. And they're not correcting the shit. And uh, that's kind of what I want to get into. I want to like start fucking coaching coaches. Um, do you, do you, what do you think about today's generation? Are they, are they being allowed to be fucking who they are and soft, disrespectful? No, sir. Yes, sir. They're not saying it no more. They, I think they're getting the keys to the car before they learn how to drive. Like I say it every day. Um, Sarah just talked about that with, with their own kids not allowing that shit the other day. And uh, she says she sees it all the time from these, you know, these whatever you want to call them, Karen mothers or the mothers out there that, are, you know, helicopter moms. Um, it's obviously changed. I'm sure we agree on that. But like, do you want do you still think you can get through to these youngsters? And that's why you've kind of started this deal up in Chandler. And do you, do you still think there's hope or do we need to get the, the coaches going? Well, I mean, I, I can see both sides. One hundred percent. I was coached very hard my first couple of years in the league and now years removed, I understand what he was trying to do. But in the moment I was playing scared and I didn't want to make a mistake. And I was like, I had that in the back of my head, like don't fuck this up because you're going to get dog cussed. Right. I understand where, what he, where he was coming from now. And I aim to never do that to a kid. And so my approach is like, I want to have a, a conversation and I'll be stern at times when I need to be, but I'm going to rate, I'm trying to get these high school kids at a young age to teach them the right way, how to do it, teach them how to be coached hard, but also with, um, with a respect factor to it. Right. I don't want them to come in and be scared to come train or, or be scared to, to make a mistake on the football field. 
Um, I do think coaches probably need to be coached. I mean, it's a hundred percent because not some kids can respond to that. Right. And you, and you can act like that with maybe three kids in a room of 12, the other right. nine, maybe nine other different ways to coach. And that's just the way it goes. You're not, you're pulling kids out from all over across this country that have had different upbringings that, um, that do require some different ways of approach. Right. And so coaches definitely need to understand that. And I don't think some do. I think some just they this is my way and this is how I do it. If you don't like it, get the fuck out, go somewhere else, you know, and, and maybe, right. so maybe they do need to be coached. And I, and I just try to take a, I said, I would never do that to a kid. I never want him to feel like he can't talk to me about something. You know what I mean? But also, you know, playing that balance of like, I expect you to do, if you show me you can do it right, it would be a disservice of me to, to not hold you to that standard. So, so don't put me in that position where I have to scream and yell because you've already shown me you can do it one, oh, the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like we go over these footwork, this work all the time. I'm going through with my 13 year old kids right now. And uh, some of these kids come from the West side, man, the West side of Phoenix where it's rough yeah. and then it's, they're late to practice every day. And I don't hold them accountable for that. And I try to teach them and, and coach them with respect, but also they've shown me they can do it right. So now that's the standard. And I didn't right. set that. You did. Right. You showed me you can do it. You showed me that you're listening. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's that balance. And I totally agree with you. And I think it's both. Try to be respectful to the kids. And I, I've had a good two or three years of kids that are understanding. They're coming, they're coming to me for a, a specific thing, right? O-line training, skill development. It's not like I have them all day long doing strength conditioning and all that stuff. My building is different than Matt's in terms of I only do skill development. Right. So they're there for an hour and then they're gone and I don't see them again. You know what I mean? So I have a little bit more leniency in terms of how I can behave with them because I don't have them all the time dealing with them all the time, doing everything under the umbrella like Matt does. Um, so, yeah. I think for me, the hardest part about being a parent and then uh, letting you know somebody coach my kids is that I want that coach to be tough on my kids. They need that. They need that figure in their life also as their coach to be their mentor and everything. But I see like if there's an injury and if my son's like, you know, he's on the ice, my kids play hockey. So if he's on the ice and he gets hurt in my head, I'm like, dry it up, like get back out there, get tough. And sometimes these coaches are like, oh, he's crying. Come over here. And I'm like, what? No, like I need you at this moment. You need to say, suck it up, bro. Get back out there. So for me, coaches are very important. And I think parents need to let a coach be a coach. 100%. Now, let me ask you this. You were a hard ass. You played hard. I mean, look at this picture. Like (laughs) you didn't, you didn't care. You played bleeding and all that. Do you think you can attest yourself like saying, okay, I, I was that guy, that silent assassin. I, I'm going to teach these kids a different way because I was that guy. And but but you also had that "don't fucking cross me" mentality too. Where so my my philosophy is this: in between the white lines, you're a fucking killer, no doubt. I'm going I'm to snap the the neck off your fucking head. Yep. Right. But outside the white lines, I want you to go to your lunch table and you find somebody who's eating alone and you sit down and you talk to them because you're a football player. And that kid needs somebody to speak to. And you're looked at as an athlete on your campus. And outside the white lines, you're the nicest human being possible. Right? So I've tried to build that into these kids as I've had them for a few years. Because it, 
it is kind of a switch, and I, I was able to turn it off. But there were times – I mean, I remember we played Oregon State and we lost in the Civil War. And uh, they rushed the field. There's a woman holding a baby, and she's flipping, fuck you, motherfuckers, <laughs> just screaming at me. And I had to check myself, like, Damn. if you don't get out of my face, this is going to be a problem, like, <laughs> real quick. Like, you're, But you know what I mean? I, you have baby. to be able to have that switch where you turn it off. Uh, so I, I do – I teach them respect, look people in the eyes, shake their hands, yes, sir, no, sir. And I, and I – Sarah, you're right. It's like, I feel like that's my role. And, and my high school coach was a mentor to me who was, uh, and my father and I have a great relationship, but he was another father figure right. that I could speak to about things that I can't, I didn't really necessarily feel comfortable talking to my dad about. And he held me to that standard like a father holds his son. And he did that with everybody on the roster. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like that's kind of my role. Um, when, when I was coaching high school ball, my coach really enjoyed having me on the sideline because he was here and I was here. It just was different philosophies. It was just different attitudes. It was different ways of, to approach the game, but he could right. scream and yell at the old line and they would come over to me and we would t discuss it and talk about it. Right. And so it was a good balance of having those two things. It would be hard to be the same person that does those two things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me ask you this though. Do you, I've as a coach for a long time playing forever coaching, I find it easier, not easier. I find it more often that O linemen who can be the nastiest, biggest assholes there are on the field, which we want to be, right? We want them to be, mm -hmm. can flip the switch and hold a baby on the <laughs> sideline in the next play. Yeah. Why can't fucking skill shitbirds do it? Like, why are the ABs and the fucking all these guys out here who, why is it that the skill guys can't flip the switch from the field to the fucking community? Like, we got guys fucking yeah. DUIs going 150 miles an hour. We got all these guys because, because you know, the, the O linemen, the D linemen, the trench guys, trench warfare guys are the guys that are like silent assassins, live in humility. They understand what being humble is. And uh, the other guys want to be fucking, you know, wear Gucci and drive Ferraris and shit. It's funny how I've never really seen that. Even the even Larry Allen growing up with them, like when he made it big. And of course, the bag's not the same. Larry Allen would probably be the first $200 million lineman there ever, right? Um right. He still didn't, he didn't, he wore a white fucking pro club and yep. a fucking medallion. And that was his get up. That was what he wore to the fucking club. And <laughs> right. uh, you ain't going to see that with AB or, or one of these flashy skill guys. So why is that though? Is it just because, I don't know, were we just, was O lineman and D lineman the big sloppier cats in high school and didn't, the girls didn't like them? Or, I mean, I don't know. That. I'm trying to figure that out. 100% <laughs> that. I also think that, um, like the stat line, like we don't have stats, right? right? Like we're we're kind of we're not that we're pushed to the side because we get we are very well respected in locker rooms, especially at the higher level. No doubt, like, no doubt, right? But like, no kid is showing up to a thirteen U tryout says I want to play O line. You know what I mean? They just <laughs> right. don't. They don't get it until they're older. You 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 have a certain amount of pride in the fact that you aren't you don't have stats. You don't catch the football. You don't run the football. You are a team first guy. You're selfless. I mean, those are, those are things that are, that are pounded into you as an offensive lineman when you're around older guys who have done it right. Veterans in college, even veterans in the high school level, if guys, if guys can get it that early. 
So I, I think that maybe the flashiness of like catching a 90 yard ball, shaking one guy and running 97 yards in the entire 80,000 stadium, 80,000 uh, fan stadium is screaming your name. I do think it kind of probably gets to him. You know what I mean? And, and that's a, that's a, uh, probably an unbelievable feeling. I never had that feeling. I had it for the guys that were doing it, but I never, I played the whole game with my back. I never even saw where the ball was at half the time. You know what I'm saying? Right, so like, right. it's just a different, I think it's just a different mindset. Um, nah, I agree. I, there I, was one, Anquan Bolden was the, like the yeah. sickest dude ever because he played like an offensive lineman playing receiver. And he, he was one guy that I always like tried to get around to listen to how he broke things down. I wanted to be around him. Fitzgerald I, too, um, no? What's that? Larry too. Fitzgerald? Yeah, hell yeah. Fitz, dude. He's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable human being, and he's a great teammate, and he's a leader in the community, in the state. Uh, so I, there were there were some guys that got it, man. Larry gets it. You know, Anquan got it. Uh, Isaac Bruce got it. Like, Juco some of these old-time yep. dudes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but – TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit's kind of changed. It's changed people, man. No doubt. It's, it's changed. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Quote of the day. Insert quote of the day. Right, right there. <laughs> right. Right. No not shit. Not to say that I'm not on Instagram liking all kinds of shit. I am. Right. I, you know what I mean? Nah, but I get it, man. I, think, I, I just I just think that coaches should be held more accountable because I just like kids can't coach themselves. They think they yeah. know every fucking thing. They think they know everything, but they've yet to pay a mortgage. They've yet to put right. a kid through school. They've yet to put turn a light light on and, and pay a light bill. But yet we're allowing them to transfer at all time rate because, like you said, I don't believe the coaches understand relationship building and they don't re- build a relationship with these kids. And the kids then say, "All right, well, fuck it, I'm out, and I'm gonna go chase greener pasture." But the whole time. The greener pastures right there in front of you, but you yeah. want to go chase that shit, and I just don't get it, man. I think the kids being taught at Sarah's kids' age right now are are the most fucked up because the coaches yeah. at that level just want to be, they just want to wear a polo and tell girls at the bar yeah. they coach. Right. They don't coach. Yeah. They fucking right. volunteer. Yeah, they're not developing. Yeah, right. they're looking for titles and, and trophies. Yep. They're 100%. get back coaches. Like yeah. they are. They get back. There's nothing worse than a part-time, part-time coach, and that's what they don't get. That happens yeah. at the college level. It's happening at the pro level now. I think it's such a it's such a commercialized thing because of money, um, you know, getting the bag and all this shit. So what's been really cool about living here in Arizona? We moved here in 2012. And my wife is from Ahwatukee, down in like near Phoenix. But a lot of pro athletes end up living out here. Yeah, I think what happens is they come in February and March when the weather's fucking perfect yeah because they're yeah. doing their off-season training yeah. and they think it's going to be like this all year round and they get to the summer they're like god damn uh off but what's Utah. cool is like most of the sports that my kids have played have all been guys that did it and that are giving back to their kids right they all have kids the same age or they're they built an organization that's teaching them the right way and i told my kids you guys have no clue how lucky you are i'm from whittier california i did not see a pro athlete i didn't see a college athlete until so I got to University of Oregon, the guys I the guys that were I, I was worshiping, <clears throat> excuse me, were going to Cerritos Junior College in Fullerton, JC. Hell yeah! Right? But those dudes were dudes, and they were ball players. Yeah, they just didn't have the grades. But I looked up to them. The six oh five game. Yeah, we had my coach coached it. Yeah, and it was at our and it was at our high school. The practices, and I stayed and watched in awe of these guys because they were on the all star team. 
But those those were the superstars. Too. Wait, where'd there. you go to high school at? Lucerna High School. Oh, you went to Lucerna? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Small world. Yeah, I played in a six five game, man, back in fucking 93. Nice. So yeah, I came out of that bitch, dude, with my jersey tucked up like the program. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. One shot to my knees. I was like, oh, shit. Hey, they shut it down, man. It used to be at Cerritos, or it used to be at Gar, and then it was at Cerritos, well, was at and then they went to Western High, and it yep. used to be like, it was really split, 605 North and South, and East yep. and West. And then uh, they kind of shut that whole thing down. It used to be played, fuck it, it used to be played in June or whatever. Yeah, it was and right then I think they changed yeah, it yeah. to January or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, I played crazy. in the. Uh, I played in that California Florida game too. The first one, really. In 2000. It was in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Dude, we, I said if we took, if we were able to take that roster of kids from that from 2000, that California team, and put them through college. Oh fuck. Matt Castle, uh, Kiri Colbert, all five of the starting O linemen. We were all going to the Pac-10. We had Manuel White. He played at UCLA as yep, a running back. Manny, yep. I mean, we DJ Williams. Yep. Was our middle linebacker. I mean, that dude was a savage in high school. De La Salle. De La Salle. Yep. If we could have taken that squad and put us through college, we would have beat anybody in the country. No, I already it know. Was, yeah, it was a talented time. And I mean, California is always going to be talented. They got twenty five thousand schools down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No. So look, you got drafted. You played for three teams. What what ended up ultimately ending your career? Was was it was it just? Uh, is it so more? Do I, you find it more? Before you even tell everybody, do you find it more now though that it's really the true love and passion of the game? Because I lost the love of the game. To be honest, once I found out how political it was, I kind of was like, right. ah, fuck. But I might be more loving. I might love coaching more, which I did. I ended up loving right, coaching right, right. more. What yeah, do you I find think that's, out? That's what a true statement. You know, when you do something for so long, I was in my 10th year. I just played for the Giants. Uh, great organization. I mean, I had a great – it was a great time. I lived there the perfect amount of time. It was six months in New York City. For a West Coast kid, it was incredible, right? The New, New York was a myth to me. I'd never been on an airplane until I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and then I got to that, that year, and I got put on IR late. My knees just started to give out, just the wear and tear, and I was getting them drained every day. And I started to go, you know what? Do I love it anymore? Because right. I, I do want to run around with my kids. I had three young kids at the time. So I come back from New York, get my knees cleaned out, scoped out. They tell me, oh, that you're, you'll be fine. They got some wear and tear, you know, whatever. Fuck. I go to Philly because Chip Kelly was the head coach in Philly. And I get a job through my agent 100% was because he was trying to hook me up. So I go do a workout. And I had a good workout. But I, like, hurt, I hurt my foot. And I'm like, I don't – if I make the roster, bro, I got to take tomorrow off. Damn. I don't think I can practice. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like, I am feeling beat up. And so I didn't get the job. They took, I remember sitting in the coach's office waiting to talk to Chip and they're like, Hey, let's go get MRIs. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not getting this job. Cause they took shots on my knees and I was done. Damn. So came home. We had three young kids. I think it was like four, two and 18 months or no, four, three and two, whatever it was. They were all young. And Detroit called me and said, you come right now, we'll sign you. And it was a conversation with my wife, like, I got to go by myself. Do I really want to put my body through it one more time? Go live in an apartment? I just didn't think that it was going to be beneficial for me. And I was comfortable walking away. Right. With I was comfortable with the decision that I was done. Right. And I think where people struggle, where guys have a hard time is when they're forced out 
or an injury, right? Like things where they still think they have gas in the tank. Like I, I'm comfortable saying I can't play anymore. I can't keep up with Aaron Donald. Right. I can't keep up with the way that the defensive line has shifted right. to like linebacker type three techniques. Right. I just can't do it. I wasn't that good of an athlete. I got to play against Vince Wilfork, Casey Hampton, Warren Sapp, Ted Washington, <laughs> big slug 400 pound dudes that were space eaters. Right. That's my game. That's kind of who I was, right? So no I was no comfortable saying I couldn't do it. I didn't do I could I have a series left in me? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm always gonna have a series left in me. Right. But I was comfortable walking away. And it just kind of was a decision that my wife was comfortable with, I was comfortable with, ready to move on and uh be okay walking away from it and not have any regrets. No doubt. Nah, man, that's good shit, man. Yeah. It's always good to have a guy that plays perspective, man. Before I let you get out of here, man, West Coast guy, we're both from the same neck of the woods. Uh Pac-10 and Pac-12 used to be fucking legit back in the day just because of the, like you said, the high school. At the same time, we had the best high school players playing in those particular games, going to the Pac-10 and Pac-12, staying on the West Coast. I think it's kind of been deteriorated now because we've lost the Pete Carrolls and the guys that kept guys home. What's your take on SC and and UCLA leaving the Pac-10, Pac-12, and and going on? I'm just, I can't stand it. I I just wish it was more traditional. But yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't I don't like the trend of where we're going. I don't like the transfer portal. Okay, I'm okay <laughs> with the NIL deal. I think the NIL this is a long conversation, right? We could have this first. right. I do think there are there are times where a transfer is probably the best option, right? right? I do see that. Right. But when you get benched and you say peace, I'm out, I can't deal with I can't deal with it, and they just leave. It's off. What are we teaching them? Yeah. Right. Right. And that's that's the conversation. Uh, I like the NIL stuff. I think it's dangerous. I think you've got to cap it at some point. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but you can't keep giving 18-year-old kids right. 2 million bucks. No because doubt. Because you're, so- you're taking the the drive to go. I wanted to play in the NFL. One, I love football. But two, I wanted to make bread. I wanted to make right. money. Right. And that was my shot. Right. It was my shot. I, was, I just happened to be good at playing a sport. That was my shot. And so I did think about it, and it drove me to to get better and to lift and condition and and be ready and prepare, you know, and, and fight through some shit. No it, doubt, it, that was my drive. If I had two million dollars in college, would I have been as driven? Right. right. I just don't know if I would right. have personally. Maybe some guys can say they 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 are. No doubt. But shit, a kid from Whittier, bro, two million. I, I mean, <laughs> I remember stealing money from my dad's my dad's <laughs> no trying shit. to go get some from ice cream. No shit. So to me was like, shit, I am set. No shit. Maybe I don't have to, maybe I can go get a job in the real world because I don't have to play football. Right. This was my, this football was what I was going to do to make money. No doubt. No doubt. And so I think the NIL deal gets a little crazy. I don't love, I don't want to lose what the PAC 10 was. Right. I don't want to lose the the rivalry between USC, UCLA. Right. Oregon, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal Stanford. I mean, has it, has the, Pac-12, Pac-10 kind of deteriorated. Yeah. But still, man, those games are what I grew up on. Right. I, those rivalries. I don't think people on the East Coast understand how hated Oregon-Washington is. No. That's a game where the fans will kill each other. No doubt. And, and there is a line drawn in the sand in the state of Oregon. You are Oregon or Oregon State, and there is no no love. And I don't want, I don't want to lose that because we're chasing – I mean, there's colleges that are having front office people right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like front office people. What? And, and 
They're trying to build a 32-team conference to, to mimic the NFL. We already have the NFL. Right. Right. We have it. We don't need that. Right. This is our minor league system. The oh. college is our minor league system. I do love the XFL. Right. I like the opportunities for those kids because there are so many kids that play football that get overlooked that don't have a chance. No doubt. Like, so I do like the other leagues, right? And I think it's it's important for our game to keep going. You'll find, you know, giving kids opportunities like that will change the outcome of the, their life. Even if they played two years in semi-pro ball, they can say they did it, right? So I, lo- I love all that. But I don't think we need to mimic the NFL in college, man. Keep college what college is and don't lose the the historic rivalries, man. Some of these schools have been playing for hundreds of years. No doubt. No, I yeah, agree with you, man. I agree you know, with you fully, man. Uh, man, I appreciate you coming on, Adam. We got to hook up and get some golf in, man, in Arizona. Yeah, no I got to come out there. I'm always out there with Pat Perez and shit. Like, that's my boy, man. So I, we'll, we'll have to hook up. Um, headed to Boston next week for the live. And uh, okay. so, like, I'll be back in Scottsdale after that, I think, when before he goes back to Houston. So we'll go out and hook up, man, and, yeah, uh, up, man. and go play it up, man. J.J. Watt and all them were out there playing when I was there last a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So they're all out there at Scottsdale at Silverleaf, so – JJ um, swinging or no? He's he's a pretty big. He's a pretty big cat. Yeah, he's a big cat, man. Fucking yeah. Booker and C CP three. They're all out there, man. Yeah, Kylie yeah. Jenner. They're all fucking at the course, man. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, let's go up there. Let's see, let's see what's cracking. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you, man. And uh, like always, right, nice and we'll take we'll stay it up nice together. Nice to meet you too. Of course, thanks, guys. Appreciate All right, brother. It. Peace. All right, later. Man, this show just keeps getting better. Um, so you guys don't realize, everybody out there, Sarah has a friend. She wants to join in and talk. They're going to talk some girl talk stuff, man. And, and obviously, we're going to slide into uh, into Sarah's DMs later on. And uh, and and I can't. We're just going to keep the show rolling. Um, you good, Sarah? I am good. So today is Thirsty Thursday. No doubt. And I wanted to bring on somebody who is an expert in telling us what a thirst trap is and what makes the perfect thirst trap. So I had to bring in one of my really good girlfriends who is uh, featured in Playboy. And she is a top model in Nashville. So I wanted to bring her in here. Let's go. I can't. Without further ado, clap it up. We're going to bring in Tawny Jade. Tawny Jade. What? Tawny, are you on the phone? Um, I am. Can you I turn can. it sideways? I can. I can. And it'll, it'll fit better. Um, I did not know that. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. There you go. Um, let me tighten it, though. Hold on. Let me, let me take, let me get you in here. Let me take this off. Boom. There we go. Um. Oh no! I appreciate you joining us. Absolutely, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Is that better? Okay, so we need to hear what what is a thirst trap? Um, you you gotta you gotta get the ruffles, the you know the <laughs> you, you gotta show just enough to keep them curious, but um, and that they they want more, of course. Can't can't show it all, of course. So. You got to quench the thirst. Exactly. So what's the difference between someone chasing clout and a thirst trap? I'm ignorant. I need to know this. <laughs> um, well, for me personally, I don't really chase clout. The clout has just naturally come um, because, I mean, ultimately, let's be honest, I'm chasing 
the the money and the connections with my fans um i i absolutely love the genuine connection with my fans but a thirst trap is not per se the attention that i'm seeking i want you to go subscribe um so that's the difference for we're me. trying to okay. trap your ass yeah <laughs> i'm gonna trap you monetarily i don't really care about the like or comments <laughs> So I was telling JB earlier, I was like, oh, I really want to bring on somebody to explain this. And I was texting my girl and I was asking her if she was busy. And in our world, asking her if she was busy, what she was doing, the reply I got back was, oh, you know, it's just a Tuesday or Thursday and I'm giving a blowjob for content. <laughs> You gotta get the content in. Hey, hold on. I gotta I gotta <laughs> throw in the I gotta throw in the the poll question today. So the poll question that we were gonna ask and you were gonna answer is this right here, right? What are you doing today? Real simple. And you guys may be talking. So what so when she texted you, what are you doing today? And then you said what? I literally said, she said, what are you doing around 5 30? I was like, uh, most likely giving a blow job. Why? What's up? <laughs> Hey, and that has to be the poll question. That has to be the fucking poll question. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, you know, enjoy a good blowjob? But I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a terrible job. Let me tell you, I enjoy it. So, <laughs> and I had to tell JB. I said, hey, so she is uh, an entrepreneur. She is opening up this fall her own bikini barista, but she is also owner of the dick waffles dick waffles <laughs> yes so, Do we have a picture of dick waffles i gotta see this um, yeah absolutely um i don't i don't have my my phone of course i'm on it i, I should have i think we have a graphic right i hope Perfect. so let's see i don't know let me see um i think we will have one um christian's fucking up on me. Uh, <laughs> christian uh, let's see uh I think we have a waffle picture. I don't know. You sent it to me earlier, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was, I was like, <laughs> "It was early in the morning." Uh, Christian did make a ticker on the bottom for everybody in the chat. Make sure you yes. go follow her. Make sure you see her. Follow her on everything. Um, she is the Dick Waffle creator. Now I don't know um, <laughs> why, why, why we get the Dick Waffle pulled up. I, I have to ask as a man. I want to ask Sarah and Tawny's uh, deal because I know Sarah wants to talk about it. But this OnlyFans creator getting fucking basically molested in a in a in a in a in a store. This lady here, what what do you think about this? Is it? I'm in the agreement of you shouldn't be a fucking creep. Keep your hands to yourself. I don't care what the woman's wearing. But all the social media haters out there are basically coming forward and saying it's because what she wore. And I'm like, okay. First of all, just because I don't care if she was fucking naked, you shouldn't touch her ass or say anything. But that's just me being not the fucking weirdo that these fucks are. Um, what's your take on that shit? Is that a real deal thing? or? Oh, yeah, that's reality for us, unfortunately. And um, honestly, that's part of the reason why I started my OnlyFans is because I'm, you know, women, I mean, even men, um, we're sexualized um, no matter what we wear or what we do, uh, whether we've got makeup or our hair done. Um a lot of men just, you know, think with the wrong head and that's just, that's reality. And <laughs> I felt like starting my OnlyFans was me taking that power back 
and monetizing on what was already happening to me anyways. And that's complete. I mean, that's the, one of the main reasons why I don't go out in public by myself. Um, I order my groceries most of the time. Um, but I mean, it's, it's completely fucking sick that he would think that that's okay. It does not matter what she was wearing. She is not welcoming you to put her hands or your hands on her or to say anything inappropriate or anything like that. And I, I believe Sarah would probably agree with that. I mean, yes. If he was <laughs> super, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm about to say, no, I, think you I agree. agree with that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you agree. <laughs> But yes, so let me see. I okay. Let me so see. Make sure that is this it? In, is this the oh. di- is this the waffle? There's, There's a dick waffle. <laughs> so that's a waffle. Yes. So it's it's literally made in a. We actually have a uh, vagina and boobs too, but the dicks are what we're doing right now. Um, and you dip <laughs> it in chocolate, and I mean that the toppings. You are go to more. town. I mean, they're so good. They really are. And it's hilarious to watch the men come up and get them. Men now come you know and get how them. We feel. Men come and get them. Oh, absolutely. They uh, love it. I would they have to say. It. We've got to send a box to JB. Yes, <laughs> I will totally do that. Here, here, here's what I have to say for that one. You is slap dick pretty Why much. Why you call me slap dick? Because my dick slaps me across your face. <laughs> I couldn't like I. I just can't. I can't do the round cylindrical object thing. Sorry about that, ladies. I just can't do it. I appreciate you for doing it, but I couldn't do it. I'll get you a boob waffle then. Yes, I'll do that. He's like, yes, that's right up my alley. I'll and do the that. nipples are nice on it. Uh, yeah, well, shit. That's for that's what I need. I, I can't do the the other deal. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so I do have to ask before we get you out of here. There, there go. we go. There's there some go. dick waffles. Good ones. We rate those a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but so I wanted to ask you, what is a DM that you currently have that is worthy of conversation? Let me let me let me introduce this segment because I got a we got a little thing made that Christian did some work on. Listen to yes. this. Here we go. Hey baby. Ow. There we go. Sliding in the DMs. Uh, do you have any noteworthy DMs that you want to share today on this Thirsty Thursday? Oh, I've got plenty. I'm um, sure. Can I juiciest? My, can, yeah, juiciest. I just posted my, so, Sarah, your question was, what DM would I actually respond to? Or you just want me to read some of my crazy DMs? I think that you should tell us a really juicy one, just really raunchy or, like, noteworthy, something that um, sticks out to you. Yeah, so I love when they go into detail of what they're going to do to me. Um, just because it's funny to read, and I'm like, damn, that's never been done. <laughs> Um, so I, I wish I would have prepared and got a couple of them, but, um, I don't know. I'd say whenever they, uh, tell me that they want to like outdoor and they want me to, the one I got the other day, actually, he said he wanted to do it, um, near a zoo. So people could not tell the difference between me and the zoo animals while I'm known. Wow. I was like, what in the actual shit? Um, so I don't know if that's juicy or just fucking weird, but probably a little bit of both, but that I get some crazy DMS and that one definitely, I literally like sat, I was like, what? I have never in my life had somebody 
request something like that. And of course, so I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, DMs, <laughs> you can get lost in that. Well, we thank you so, so much for taking time out of busy, exhausting busy blow day. day. <laughs> busy blowjob day. That's That goes together. We should put on a shirt. Busy blowjob day. <laughs> uh, and we would love that you would join us any other time as well. Yes, absolutely. In between blowjobs, I'm here. In between them. Yeah. Well, thank you Definitely. so much, Tawny. Make sure Have you guys go follow her and follow subscribe her. as well. Yep, yes, follow her. Please. Appreciate you. Take care. <laughs> you thank too. You. Bye. Tawny, uh, Tawny Jade, appreciate her coming on in the show. Um, so great job. Sarah got, got her going on. Um, listen, we're, we have been going at it here. Uh, two great, three great guests in a matter of no time. We have yet to really have the show together. So we're just blow, we're just getting this thing going. Me and Sarah's come out with a bang this, this week, uh, with all these different guests and stuff. So make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, become a member of the show. Obviously, if you're not a member, $1.99. There's a lot of exciting shit on the horizon. But we're going to take a, like a three-minute piss break. So for anybody out there, you guys make sure you stay in. We'll put up a video, a commercial. You guys can watch um, as we uh, take a few minutes. And we'll be back. Me and Sarah now get to kick it here for a minute. And we're going to talk about her DMs. And we're going to slide <laughs> into those. And uh, we're going to get after it here and talk about some real life current event shit as we prep for tomorrow's Fearless Friday episode as uh, we're going to have our, not only some confessionals, but uh, for the rest of this show, it's Thirsty Thursday. So I'm going to go make me a drink. I'm going to take a piss. I'll be right back and I'll see you in three minutes. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation. Not only did we play against each other in high school, growing up together, his old, his older brother was actually one of my JUCO tight ends. His name is Chris Gonzalez, by the way. Went to Huntington Beach High School, grew up right up the street. We played together in the play. We actually played each other in high school twice. Um, he also played basketball when I for his high school. We were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd. Um, Tremaine folks, another good friend of mine. He was on that squad. Uh, Ed gray, another LA kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the elite eight, uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina, but that, that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. Could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career. Obviously he would have just been a big bulky power forward in the, in the NBA. You know, he's six, six. Uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He always, and also was, uh, he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Um, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer that's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old, and I don't think you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um. But anyway, 
Ozzie Newsom's my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who who was the player personnel of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time. A guy named Art Perkins who played running back for the San Diego Chargers, L.A. Rams, actually was a Compton College alum who was a coach at Compton College who coached my coach who also allowed me to come into OTAs and minicamp with the Ravens way back for a couple days. Art Perkins is a great guy. Learned from Ozzie Newsom. uh, Played in that era. Ozzie Newsom was a different human. People don't realize that. Everyone wants to talk about the firemen and the plumbers and shit. The JJ Reddick quote, which will, okay, well, how's that going now? <laughs> now that all these old school motherfuckers have came out and showed you that you fucking bitch made motherfuckers could never even have played in our era. A little less fucking played every game in our era. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom, I think, deserves a lot of fucking credit for what he did um, as a Colt, as a Brown. Uh, you know, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm back, Sarah. My bad. I had to make me a drink, Sarah. It's Thursday, Thursday, and I know. I know. Oh shit! I noticed nobody left the chat, so it's crazy because motherfuckers probably want to see your fucking DMs. I'm sure it ain't because of me <laughs> fucking drinking. Oh boy, my DMs. All right, so um, we got a bunch of shits going on, right? We talked about this. You talked about this incident on the thing. Have you heard about this deal? Sarah's going to explain this better. But for you guys that haven't heard about this, this uh, TMZ reported this news from down under. Two pro Aussie rule football teammates are in a real pickle, a weird word, after they were caught on video engaging in a wild public sex act at a bar. So I don't know if you saw this, uh, Sarah. I don't know if you you were the one that kind of brought this up. Um, Pretty weird. Um, It's kind of... We're just kind of I mean. We're kind of like fuck everything now. We're just open to anything, huh? We got the Oakland A's, a girl giving a blowy, as you would say. Um, <laughs> it's all about public interaction, I guess. And it's now it seems like it doesn't matter what gender you are. It's not gender specific, I Let guess. Let me ask you this. Is it really about public whatever or is it about likes and retweets and clout? I don't know. Thirsty I Thursday. Mean, it's voyeurism. Like, I kind of get off to public interact. Like, I love flashing my tits. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's Yeah, but that's, but that's like a thing that, like, voyeurism, when I grew up, we didn't have social media or phone. So it was like between you and the person, but you were in a public place and having the thought. Like a that, concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess. But knowing that I think... The voyeurism part is knowing that the the opportunity for somebody to see you is the one that gets you off, not actually the act, right? It's somebody that could see you. It's risky, right? Yeah. It's risky. So I don't know. <laughs> Nowadays, I think it's more set up. They set this shit up for likes and retweets more than they do just being voyeurism. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Sarah, your take on this one, but so... We got. We're in this situation now where we have. What do they call uh, the LGBTQ community? Has these drag queens that are actually training our youth, our young kids, in situations to do learn how to how to fucking dance on a pole. They're doing all these different things, and yet 
there's a teacher out there who actually is put together. I don't know if she has a BBL or not. She has some body to her. Here's a picture of her. And they're trying to cancel this teacher because she has a curvaceous body and it can distract students. I got to know, how the fuck, why, how have we, how have we gotten here? Because a beautiful woman teaching my kids, I would love it. Um, I wish I was in that fucking class. But having said that, we, we're okay. We're okay with, with drag queens teaching our kids. Well, I mean, first of all, one of my son's teachers was a former Bucks cheerleader. She's actually one of my really great friends now. And I was happy that that was his teacher. It didn't I didn't think he would be distracted by the fact that his teacher is beautiful and has an amazing body. He's freaking six years old. What grade is she teaching? One, two, she definitely has a BBL, but three. Does she? (laughs) I mean, is that BBL? uh, Oh yeah. That's that's not muscle. There's no way. Look at how her body is contoured. Yeah. She, the picture on the left, she looks so fake. Yeah, but I mean, I there's a church fundraiser doing drag bingo church. I I know that we should accept everybody and love everyone, blah blah blah. But no, I I you can't say one's okay and one's not okay. It, there's so much hypocrisy in everything that's going on right now. I don't know if you've heard the alarming news as we're on the show, though. And we're not a news-breaking Uh-oh. show. We're not a news-breaking show. I'm getting hit up by Pat Perez and a bunch of different people. Um, apparently, I know somebody mentioned it earlier. Apparently, Aaron Donald almost killed somebody at practice today by hitting him with his own helmet. A repeated, what? Repeatedly, I guess he beat the shit out of a teammate on the field with his own helmet. I'm waiting to see. He killed uh, him? No, I don't think so. But he basically tried to, um, from what I understand. I'm not sure. but So he didn't have the padding on his helmet? No, 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 no. He took his helmet off and hit, beat a dude with his helmet in the face. Like oh, a, shit. Yeah, like a fight. Like a fight. Um, so I'm going to find out what's going on. I'm going to see if Christian can find it. We can put it up real quick. But apparently, that's what's going on right now. It's all over the news, apparently, um, that he almost killed a motherfucker with his helmet. And that's, and I guess it was the, the Rams Bengals joint practice. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, they played in the Super Bowl. There we go. He, has, he took the helmet off of the player um, for the Bengals, which he has there. And I guess he. <clears throat> uh, I don't know what he did yet. I haven't found out if he hurt somebody. But this is why you don't play a team that you just played in the Super Bowl in a friendly practice at that level. That's just my opinion. Um, I I mean, my opinion on this is is too many people say what they want to say without getting their ass beat. So you can't expect somebody not to snap at the that's not right. Okay, I'm not saying what he did was right, but playing devil's advocate here, nobody's getting their ass beat anymore for talking shit. 
Well, no, that's because it's social media keyboard cowards. You can say whatever you want, fake your name. You can fake your name. You can fake who right. you are. You can fake the city you're in in your profile. Mm-hmm. And then unless you have a fucking IP address checked, you don't know where this person is. He has zero followers. Right. He's following 2,000 people, though. You know he's fake. Um, but again, like Mike Tyson said, social media has allowed cowards to become heroes. And yep. it's kind of fucking weird. Um, but I don't know about the football thing on the field being the same. I think you're you're playing between the, the, the whistle. You, I, I, I just I have always called guys that use a helmet to hit a person a bitch made cat. I just right. I've, I've always said that. And I don't know if that's Aaron Donald steroids kicking in or what. I mean, but you know, um, who knows? I don't know. I, I think it's cowardly. I think if you fight in, in a football game or practice, I believe you are utterly ignorant. First of all, we all have helmets on. We have face masks. They're made of metal. I've seen more broken hands, more injuries from a fight on a football field with gear on than I have in a, in a street fight or a bar fight because you're hitting helmets. You're breaking your hand. You're hitting fucking face mask. You're breaking your hand. It's just, I just, I'm just like, dude, that's why I used to go off on my team. I got former players in the chat here. They would know. I, I just fighting in a football field is, is, is my fucking biggest pet peeve. Like it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Not the time or place. No, you should beat his ass between the whistle. Do- pancake him. I don't <laughs> yes. Not, not waffle dick him. Not waffle dick <laughs> Oh, man. What are you drinking? Uh, something I don't want to be drinking. I'm drinking a Truly. Oh, shit. That's a Florida woman thing. You know, can. No, I ha- it's a low-carb thing. Yeah, I don't know if there's a real low-carb drink out there that I want to fucking drink. I mean, it doesn't make sense. If I drink, I know I'm drinking. I'm already going in expecting it, and then I'm going to get over it. I'm going to either go ride the bike, walk my dog. I'm going to learn something, right? I don't know. I think I am a tequila be, person. I, I, this is tequila and squirt right here. Um, I love tequila. With a lime twist. So, Sarah, we should talk to them about... Um, we may, we may get into tequila world and make, uh, yes, let, let me ask everybody in the, in the chat. I'm going to put it in a poll question. I'll put it in a poll question. I got to ask the poll question. If me and Sarah did a tequila line, all right, if we did a tequila line, um, let me, let me, let me actually put it in the, in the, oh, I got it. Tri- By the way, I have a trivia question. And while we pull up some Aaron Donald film, and and before we get into Sarah's DMs, um, I if you guys would like to call in and ask Sarah, and uh, not ask Sarah, I will allow you to call in a member, and you and I'll give you a trivia question, something about Sarah that I've had in my chat for about five days that we haven't used yet. If you're a member, call in. I'll allow you to talk to Sarah, and I will ask you a trivia question if you win it. We will give you some free merch um, today. You'll win some free merch. So call in the chat. It's in the chat. The link is in the chat. Um, The poll question, though, if we were to start a tequila line, okay, 
If we were to start a tequila line, what would the name be? Um, I have a, I have my own thoughts. Um, it's in the question. It's in the. It's on the ticker. If we were to start a tequila line, what the name be? I think titties and tequila. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh boy, that's a good one. I don't know. Actually, that was uh, your husband told me that. <laughs> yeah, um, titties and tequila. <laughs> I like titties and tequila. I do like titties and tequila. Um, I don't know what would we call it. I think it'd be big. Slap tit. <laughs> Damn, slap tit. <laughs> slap tit tequila might fucking hit. It, it it can't be. It, there's no way we get canceled if I have for slap dick isn't canceled. I know slap tit um, wouldn't be canceled. Um, I don't know. I like I like tequila. Uh, tits and tequila. Titties and tequila. Um. I don't know. What's That's another a, word for tits? Bosom, bust, a busty bosom. Um, I don't know. Is there a Twin Peaks in Florida? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like a hooter. Know. It's like a hooter. It's like a better we have hooters. hooters. And we have a, there, there's another one, Wing House. That's really popular here too. Really? Yes. Um, I have a video. Here we go, Sarah. Oh, let's see. We can give you a... We could talk about it. Oh, shit. It's a brawl. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. Uh, yeah, it's a... Damn, he's just hitting cats with helmets. Look at that. What the fuck? He just going off with a helmet. Um, yeah, that became a full-on brawl, I guess. Uh, let's see. We're going to rewind it a little bit. We got a new we got new technology going on here, so we can actually sh- you can see us and the video, which is beautiful. <laughs> so they pushed him over. It looks like he's swinging from a he swung in the middle and he got it going. But I gotta I gotta be honest here. Oh, where are they fucking practicing? In a steel mill. <laughs> The Bengals' practice facilities are unfucking believably horrible, oh, and it, it it's kind of blows my mind. Um, but he ripped the helmet off the bangle. You notice how many people are rushing Aaron Donald? Not many. Not many other people are rushing him for some reason because I think they all know he's a steroid stallion, and I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. It's right underneath the bridge, and apparently that the traffic on that bridge is so incredibly loud. Um, it's just an absolute shit show there, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's crazy. That's unacceptable. It is. It is. It. So so we got a lot of people in the in the in the chat. They're saying titty slap. They're saying tatas tequila. They're saying. Tata's tequila. They're saying uh, slap tit, uh, boobila. Oh, boobila. I like that. That's cool. Boobia? Boobia tequila? <laughs> we need a translator. Um, yeah, not, not bad ideas. We I like getting ideas. Um, 
Slapdick Kia? Nah, I gotta get out of Slapdick. Slapdick is can is, you know, Slapdick is a, is a canceled. Uh, they they're not gonna let us in fucking anything. Um, titty slap, T Y T T Y. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, interesting to see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about the Aaron Donald thing. It's kind of uh, disturbing. I, I hate to see the dumb shit because I just think you know if you're if you're the best player and you think you're the best player, you shouldn't have to fucking hit somebody uh, with a helmet. I just think it's bitch made move. That's just me. But yeah, there's no composure. There's no leadership. There's no, no self control. Yeah, it's crazy. That's where they practice, by the way. Oh, sorry. That's oh, where they it's a practice. Very nice facility. <laughs> like that looks like you're going to catch cancer. <laughs> like you're going to catch cancer. Like I, I just to me, you're going to get cancer playing there. Um, I don't know. Make sure you guys are on uh, Twitter and Instagram following us. We're putting out live videos the whole time we're on the show live. So you're, gonna, you're seeing it live on Twitter as we speak. So I appreciate everyone in the team pushing out videos and everything like that. Make sure you hit the like and retweet those and get them out. Jada, what's up? Have you bought the bikini yet? I don't want to hear no more excuses, girl. <laughs> and when is Every a female, female going to call in and talk to Sarah? And I, by the way, I put the chat in here twice and nobody's called in. You guys are scared as fuck to call in. And win something. It blows my mind how scared you are, but all you wanted to call in all the time and talk shit. Crazy. Crazy. All right. I don't know, Sarah. We need to get into the DMs, maybe. I don't know. Let's go to the DM. This is fun. All right. We, um, I got, I like this intro. Um, hey, baby. Ow. I, I like that. So uh, Christian, shout out to Christian for doing that. You know, Christian stays behind the scenes. And he does a good job. You know, bottom line is you need to start promoting the show, everybody, because we've been having, we have fucking A-list guests on here, and we're, we've got 80 people in here right now. We should be having 800 and 8,000 and then 80,000. That's what our goal is. So we're about to blow this show up, whether you fucking like it or not. So make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, I love... Issa said she Sarah intimidates me. <laughs> what? It's, I'm really nice. She is I nice. Promise. I don't understand. Like, how are you guys so scared? How she intimidates you? Like, come on now. Um, Jada bought a fucking Jada bought a fucking bathing suit. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeremiah, what up, man? Come talk to Sarah. Fuck. I'm calling, coach. I, I'm not scared. Thanks. <laughs> you know. Hey, Sarah. Hello. So, so I have a quick story before Coach asks the thing. I, I spent 25 years in the military, and I deployed to Kosovo with Tennessee Guard. And um, I used to fuck with those guys because our Sergeant Major from them is uh, this guy, Billy Batson. Shout out Sergeant Major Billy Batson. He'd sit out on the fucking porch with his green creamsicle Tennessee coat. We weren't, allowed, we weren't supposed to drink, but he had a red Solo cup. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guess what was in there. Jack Daniels, most likely. Whiskey. whiskey. <laughs> I used to fuck with the Tennessee guys. I said, hey, uh, you know, because the Three Rivers flag is the Tennessee state flag. For those of you who don't know the Three Rivers flag, that's kind of their patch, too. But I said, well, shit, I thought the I thought the Tennessee flag was the uh, the orange orange flag with the creamsicle <laughs> with the And they're like, it should be. So 
Anyway, I love that. I thought that shit was funny because where I'm from, like, we care about one college football game, but, like, really, like, in Alaska where I live now, we don't got college football, so. No doubt. All right, you ready to win this? Let's. I'll try, Coach. Hey, by the way, Jeremiah's a huge supporter. He's bought a bunch of fucking shit from from the website, CoachJBStore.com. Make sure you guys go over there, support it. Um, plus Sarah's going to have her own line. We're going to come out with her own line on there soon. So just stay tuned to that. Um, so just understand that. Look at that. That's the old hate me now, love me later. It's hoodie. He's got the, I told him he can't change the brand on me. Anymore. Yeah, I, know. I, I changed the brand. Every, like I changed my fucking underwear. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going to throw up a trivia. I'm going to throw it on the ticker. But Jeremiah, since he has the balls to call in, he has two chances to get this right because he's called in. All you other people, if you get it right and you call in right away, you will be the winner if Jeremiah doesn't get it after two tries. So here we go. I'm going to throw it up there on the ticker, and then I'm going to ask Jeremiah right out the gate. I'm going to ask Jeremiah first, actually, and then I'll throw it on the ticker. Where is Sarah from? Where did she grow up? And where does she live now? She's from Knoxville, Tennessee, correct? Nope. Uh, Brentwood, Tennessee. Nope, she's not from Tennessee. Oh, she's not originally from Tennessee? I know she lives in the... Oh. She's not originally from Tennessee. Okay. You is I'm dick sorry, Why are you calling me slapdick? Because my dick slapping across your face. <laughs> Were you watching earlier? I missed I missed uh, the first half of the show. Oh, no, no, it wasn't from today. Jeremiah's just busy. He's doing so many things. Um, All right. Josh is going to come on. Let's see if Josh can try to one up uh, my main man, Jeremiah. He's calling from Boost Mobile, though. And And by the way, Jeremiah, Josh is always in the chat talking shit, saying that this show is sponsored by Boost Mobile. And yet, look at his screen. <laughs> I always just try to come on. I come on with my computer, even though the cellular is pretty good here and my Wi-Fi is pretty good. Uh, I've been on the show before, but I don't know how it is for you. So if I can be on the show with, like, hardline internet, I just don't want it to be fucked up for you and your viewers. There's Josh. <laughs> come on, Fafa. I almost keep talking shit, too. Hold on. <laughs> Fuck, man. In fairness, Josh Josh I'm, I'm... Oh, there we go. You got me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Sean, she is not from Wichita, Sean. She is not from Wichita. I didn't get it. Oh, okay. So go ahead one more time. Where's Sarah from? Where did she grow up? And where is she at now? I know where she's at now. She grew up in Kansas. I mean, okay. Yeah. What born, city? Born and grew up in Kansas, I'm going to say. Yeah. Because I know she went, said she went to uh, the Jayhawks in Kansas. So she what city, though? Her- oh, fuck. I know where she lives now. Come on, dog. You guys don't listen. You hear her. You only hear us. You don't listen. Oh, I'm fucking at work making parts for our military, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be on point so guys are dying out there, homie. Uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't pinpoint the city. Hey, since hey Jeremiah, real quick, since you was in the army, you uh, realize what these are? 
uh, G GPK? I can't. Man, you moved it too fast. I couldn't oh, see it. It's the GP, uh, GPKs for the Humvees. Okay, yeah. I spent zero fucking time in a Humvee in my military career. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I got um, you. Hey, I appreciate you guys calling in. We got, yeah. We're going to take Sean. I appreciate you guys, Josh. Go be safe. Right, um, Tampa, Florida is where she lives now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. All right, Jeremiah, I appreciate you. All right, Sean. <laughs> so, Sarah, you don't know. Sean is a true... Northeast Kansan. What's up, Sarah? Hello. Hey, Sarah. Uh, did so? Did Josh get that trivia right or what? I didn't hear it. No. So, Sarah, you grew up in Wichita, and then you moved to Baser like your junior or senior year. Yes. Okay. All right. I looked up your little bio, so. Uh, <laughs> um, no, you said you said you grew up close to Lawrence when you yes. first came on that one day. So yeah, I grew up in Manhattan. So I went to K State. Sorry. Well, it is what <laughs> hey, it is. Sean but. knew everything about Kelly. Oh yeah, he would be loving Kelly. No doubt. Now, uh, so actually, I was I, I emailed Coach yesterday about an offensive lineman that. His family is your uh, high school rival there in Baser. Is it Piper? Um, that was yeah. Well, I mean, they weren't in the same like was it division? Baser's okay. a lot smaller. I don't know if they are now, but when okay. I was there, it was not. But it's across I, I, the I street know. from each other. Like the the line is right across the street. Yeah, exactly. So I I emailed Coach about a lineman that K State's got that he's a NFL talent. He's going to Cooper BB. He played left tackle last year. He's going to be moving in side to guard. He's been starter last, last two years. And he was all big 12 as a sophomore last year, but he's big time. So I got a bunch of friends that went to uh, KU as well, besides K state. So yeah, I, I was born in Hayes, Kansas and moved to Manhattan when I was three years old. Fort Hayes State, the home, yep. the home of, um, hold on, hold on, the home of William Hitchcock, <laughs> Wild Wild Bill Hitchcock. Hey, like you, you know, know that? I think this is the 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 Dick theme show. I know. You know who Wild Bill Hickok is? That's a fucking, like, he's the one that he kind of rode with Billy the Kid in them. He He's from I Hayes, Kansas. History. I was three years old when I left, so. Yeah, yeah. he's from Hayes, Kansas. Hey, uh, make sure you guys like, retweet one of the clips from the show on Twitter and use the hashtag, the Coach JB Show, and tag yes. the, at the Coach JB Show, and you can win some free merch. So make sure you do that. Retweet it. Get the show out there. And, uh, hey, Sean, I appreciate you. We're going to dive into her DMs real quick, literally and figuratively. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, brother. Nice meeting you, Sarah. You too. Um, all right, so we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to get into Sarah's DMs, all right, as we, we haven't had time to have our own time yet, obviously. That sounds <laughs> creepy. It's weird as fuck. But me and Sarah, have we've had so many great guests. I applaud all the guests coming on this week. Shout out to everybody that's came on so far. Yes. We're on thirst. We're in thirsty Thursdays. I gotta ask something real quick though. 
Um, have you seen the bagel fucking girl on TikTok? Have you seen this fucking... <laughs> no offense, Sarah. I hate calling women bitches. But you have to be a scandalous bitch. If you haven't seen this video... First of all, you don't throw on crunchy shit on a bagel, A. And B, definitely don't do what she did. Take a listen. Bagels for breakfast this morning. But you know what else I do? I put cucumbers on top of my bagel. So I'll put this jalapeno cream cheese on. Sorry. And then (laughs) jalapeno cream cheese on cucumbers. She really farted. Mm. I'm telling you, it's a great topping. <laughs> she really stood up and farted. Sarah, I thought females never farted. I didn't even know you guys shitted. That's not a female. What the fuck was it? I don't know. <laughs> Wait up, though. No. I am under the under- impersonation. I'm under the understanding that a woman doesn't fart or shit. No, we don't. Hey, I love it. I love it. I, the better, hey, the more that I understand, and, and and I'm going to believe you because that's just to me, it is so much better. Yes. It just doesn't seem like a woman should do that. No. And I'm not going to talk about it. I know it doesn't. It doesn't seem, happen. Yeah, your your face did not seem comfortable at all. So we're not going to talk about it. Um, I got to talk about this though. So I used to do something where I got women involved in football. That's why I always, when I bring up coaching football as a female, I'm not doing it as like, fuck you, you shouldn't do it. I'm saying, I'm doing it because I just, it's a hard, it's a hard equation. I just don't see the, the, I don't see the reward outweighing the risk. So that's why I bring it up. And I love hearing you talk about it. And, and, I, and I love, you know, me, disagreements great, make for great conversation. But I used to do this thing, and I used to call it, um, we used to have a thing where I brought in females, and I would clinic them in football, because they always wanted to know how their how their sons were being treated, and, and they, they wanted to know the game and the sport. So I don't know if you've seen the moms in football deal. The mothers were allowed to tackle their own sons, and if you haven't seen this clip, take a look. That shit was hilarious. I, I, I gotta be honest. I thought that shit was hilarious. Um, that was a big bitch. I'll be honest. <laughs> the one mom was pretty big. Um, I don't know. Would you hit your son in, in full gear? Fuck yes. <laughs> I would look forward to that shit. <laughs> um, hey, hey, Jada. See what I'm saying, Jada? You talking about you thick, Jada? Shit. That bitch was thick as a motherfucking snicker. She better... <laughs> shit. Hey, that is where football is headed, though, by the way. We got females what, in gear. Moms? We got females <laughs> in gear more than men. Shit. Mm. I don't know. Um, I had 
had to show that, though. I had to show that. Um, Sarah's probably looking at her phone because she's getting more DMs at, per second. I got to show you one more thing, Sarah. I got to show you one more thing as a player, as a, as, a, as, a, as a coach. This is why I said we need to coach coaches and not just fucking kids. Because this happened, okay? Sarah, this kid is hollering at the filmer, who, by the way, is in yoga pants. I would not allow her to be in yoga pants if I was the head coach, by the way. FYI. But anyway, having said that, the player is hollering at her, and I would choke fuck that player. I would, and look at the crowd that they've got involved here. Right. And, and this is my issue. This is why I didn't allow my trainers. This is why I didn't allow a lot of things. I, everyone that was on my sideline dressed appropriate. I just think that is a distraction for young boys. And I wouldn't have allowed her to be on my sideline wearing that, for, for instance. But having said that, again, going back to the grocery store incident where the fucking creep grabbed the girl from OnlyFans because she's wearing something that is sexy looking or appealing. Um, I would have fucking gutted him. He would have been thrown out of the fucking game. I would have sent him in the locker room. But that tells me where your head is, right? Literally right. both heads. Um, right. I don't know. What's your take? Are you like, fuck you, coach? She can wear whatever <laughs> she wants? Or are you, are you in agreement? I don't agreeing? know. We're, we're I'm like sports- so torn on this. I know. We're in a sporting event, and it's about business. And let me throw something out there real quick so you kind of know where I'm going, coming from. When the whole women's breast cancer and the pink football thing happened, where the NFL started adopting wearing the pink, and high schools and colleges started wearing pink, um, do you remember this? Yes. I allowed zero pink um, for my players to wear. Everybody called me an asshole. My administrators, my teachers at the school, everybody was like, you're an asshole. Why can't they wear pink? I said, this is why. Pink is a marketing ploy. It's a commercial thing. It is bullshit. I said, my dad died of cancer. I know about fucking cancer. The pink is a distraction like that girl was a distraction wearing those yoga pants as she portrayed or said she was filming the team for the betterment of the fucking institution or the program. So I didn't allow wearing pink. Now, what I ended up doing was I said, listen, me and my staff will put on a pink fucking something on our shirt or something, but my players will not wear it. Because what happened is the players wanted to spat their shoes in pink and they wanted to they wanted to make it bigger than them. And it was a distraction and they were fucking shitty. So I never allowed pink. TJ's in the chat. He played for me. He'll tell you I didn't allow pink. Um, Where do you think what's your take? So I agree that at that level, I do think, I mean, it's natural. It is natural to see a attractive female, whether she's in yoga pants or she could be in a freaking, I mean, sweatpants and a hoodie. You're still going to look because she's attractive. So it is the nature of the freaking beast. You cannot change those things. I don't believe that it is sexist to 
have a standard at a high school level or even at a college level. Um, it's a uniform, you know, so on and so forth, but you have to set that the rule, you know, and it has to be followed and there cannot be any change to that. It's just what it is because of the nature of the beast. Now, if we are out in the grocery store and I'm, you know, wearing short shorts and a crop top and somebody comes up and grabs my ass, that's not okay. Just because I'm wearing something that I'm comfortable in, I mean, it it doesn't invite you. I'm not, it doesn't say, uh, come aboard, buddy, anywhere on my body. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree completely. I do agree. But you have to understand that female on that sideline was an adult. That kid is a little kid who watches fucking Pornhub all day. Correct. At that level, that's what I mean. Like at that level, no, you have, you cannot have that. Because at 13, what is a boy thinking about all the time? Sex. You know? Yes. So that's where his head's at. And, and you don't, even me as a mom, that's why I don't dress that way when I go to my kids' games. No I'm doubt. not there to, I, I'm there to watch him. But the fan base and the other kids are probably there to watch you. Not, not, <laughs> and I'm being honest because people don't want to really say what it is. The problem is, those people know who you are, A, and... You, you already, they already tried to fucking cancel you because of who you are, B. Right. And then they're going to sit there, and I'm going to tell you right now, all those married men in the stands know who the fuck you are, too. Right. And, right. And it's hard. It's It was a big struggle for a long time. I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't go to hockey for a long time because I never wanted to take away from my son, and I felt like, if I was there and maybe he would get less chances from his coach because he knew that it was the only fan mom's kid. And then, you know, we struggled with that. I I struggled with that. So then it was finally like, okay, I'm going, I don't give a fuck anymore. This is who I am. You're going to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. And neither does my son. We don't, we don't look at it that way. So, you know, I saw in the chat, somebody said something about the cheerleaders. Well, the cheerleaders aren't on the field next to the football players. What'd they say? It said like, uh, it was a coaching issue. Um, you know, look at what the cheerleaders wear or something like that. But. Nah, cheerleaders have been around I mean, for a hundred years. They've always worn that. They wear boy shorts underneath. It is. Yes. It is. If you look at cheerleaders in a perversion way or a perverted way, then you're fucked up anyway. And, and Right. And we weren't allowed on the field. Cheerleaders were not allowed on the field during warmups. But Sarah, I'm going to be honest. For the forever since I not only played but since when I coached, um, I used to address it. I talked to my players. Listen, these girls are here for a reason. They love cheer like you love football. They're here and they're supporting you. Mm-hmm. So you better not ever fucking disrespect them. You better not ever fucking look at them in a way other than a way that she is your sister. And I don't believe any coaches nowadays do it. They, they, they look at them as a, as a, okay, these are just fucking cheerleaders. They're a club. They're a, they're a thing. Okay, let the cheerleaders disappear and let the fans disappear next because that's who supports you. When you fucking find out that you have no support, you're going to be out here really fucking sad. 
So, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, you know, I don't know. That's how I look at it. But as we speak about that, we're going to have to slide into your DMs. Sorry. We're going to slide into your DMs. Um, hey, baby. Ow. Hey, baby, ow. That's what it is. That's what the DMs are like. Um, Lucy's in the house, by the way. Lucy has, is a mother of cheerleaders. So she is going to defend cheerleaders just like I'm going to defend them. So Right. You um, should be. Yeah, hell yeah. No doubt about it. Um, all right. So what DMs do you, we, are we going to discuss here? Because we can share a lot of DMs that are coming into Sarah's phone. By the way, a lot of them have blue check marks. We're not going to blast them quite yet. But not yet. <laughs> we're going to show you that there's some blue check marks that slide into Sarah's DMs. That are very, very interesting. By the way, I wanted to make an announcement uh, going forward. Matt McChesney, who a lot of you guys saw on the show, will be a staple and an every week appearance, just like Zach. He will be on the shows every Wednesday, um, right at 1 o'clock on the West Coast, as uh, 2 o'clock in the Midwest, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. Matt will be joining us every Wednesday for Work Boot Wednesday to get you guys over the hump. Me, Sarah, and Matt will have a uh, Real Talk banter every Wednesday. Of course, Zach is on Mondays with us. And then Friday, starting next week, is Brandon Lang. Two for the money. Great betting extraordinaire. uh, Scared money don't make money segment. So I wanted to give you guys that heads up. Um, Next week, though, by the way, we have a star-studded lineup once again. We have Brian Erlacher. So shout out. To Sarah, getting him. Um, we have Brian Erlacher. We also have Clint Storner. If you don't know who Clint Storner is, he backed up Tony Romo for the Cowboys. He was a backup quarterback. He's the Cowboy uh, radio guy now and um, has a big show on 610 AM uh, radio. So Clint Storner will be on the show next week, as, long, as, as well as Annie Agar, who Sarah... And Kelly mentioned Annie and me are pretty decently close. She'll be on the show as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing her and Sarah's back and forth. Um, <laughs> and so we have a star set of lineup and it's only getting better, which is crazy. So we should have 3000 people in here right now. So hopefully you guys spread the word. Um, just like I want to break this down to you guys real quick. You know who recruited the best players for me? My fucking current players. So you current fucking cats in the community, go tell a friend to come fucking join, become a member, and follow this show. Um, Yes, Wido's still going to be on. We're going to have Hector back on. We're going to have a lot of things. By the way, we're also announcing that Hector and Wido are going to come underneath the Coach JB show umbrella, and they're going to have a show after our show. So underneath this umbrella. So we got a lot of shit growing here. That's what she said. And so make sure you understand that. Um, all right. So appreciate you guys. Shout out MP. Sarah adds a lot to the show. I appreciate you, Sarah. It's good to be positive, man. Let her know. But MP, you're a fuck stick because you're not a member. So you need to be fucking become a member. All right. Wido brings good content. Yeah, he does. No shit. Sherlock's homeboy. 
So make sure you guys realize all that shit. Um, Jada, make sure you guys, you better go. I want to see a full-on picture of the bathing suit. I don't care. I want to see it. Post it out there. I'll blast it out on Twitter, Instagram. I got to see it. Um, I'm just kidding, Jada. You don't have to do all that. But I would love to see you. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see that shit. So, Sarah, we're sliding into the DMs. We've already shown the picture five fucking times. What? <laughs> What do you want to get into here? Which one are we talking about? All right. So I think we have a graphic, but I got to read it, right? Uh, I can pull it up. Is it the micro penis? <laughs> yes. All right. So which one is first? So this is all the same one, you guys. Um, all right. Here we go. It's right there. It's from an only, it's on my OnlyFans, and I was they asked me to humiliate them, but they are telling me the measurement of their micro penis and how they got these measurements and what this person had to do. And I mean, it goes into full on detail. This is like a three page message DM from somebody. Hey, time, time out, time out, time out. I've I've read a I read one sentence I, I haven't seen that yet and <laughs> holy fuck do you realize he said he had to be prost milked prostate milked he had to bend over a table <laughs> I told you it goes into great detail of All right. like I, I'm sorry I'm gonna you- shut up I, I gotta let you talk this one. <laughs> My girth was the 13th percentile. So he's telling me at what percentile he was considered a micro penis and how they had to (laughs) massage him to induce him. And uh, the first session, he only produced three drops because of how micro his penis was. Wait up. Wait up. So the size of your dick <laughs> equals how much cum you have? I don't know, but that's no. what it says here. No, there's no way because it comes from your urethra, not your dick. Well, I mean, this is a, like, yeah. Lucy, you got to call in, Lucy. You got to talk to Sarah, Lucy. You've been an all-time fan. Lucy said, Sarah has all the good DMs. All I get is messages from creepers who want to be my sugar daddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. Finish this this, because there's a second part to this. Yeah, so anyways, so he went into great detail about telling me his measurements, what they had to do to get those measurements. The length or the measurement is... One, is it one inch and, or what? I don't know. Whatever. One inch. Like, it's Where a is one, that? Inch one inch. What? Penis. What's one inch? His length. Wait, what's 3.67 inches? If the study, my, oh, my hard length. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Soft length, one inch. Hard length. Is it was this Deshaun Watson? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. Um fuck me. Okay, so we gotta take that down because I'm gonna get shadow banned. All right, here, here we go on the second part. 
Yes. Oh my God, that's humiliating. What do you think? Like I said, medically documented micro, kind of impressive in a bad way. Yeah. What's more embarrassing, my tiny size or lack of? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's unbelievable. I told you they they. I mean, that's my specialty is rating rating dicks. I guess. Oh my God. So so I'm like a dick, dick doctor. Okay, so hold on. <laughs> they paid you to give them this information. Yes. Like yes. humiliate me. Yes, Jada. They did write a whole dissertation. I <laughs> I don't know how you women deal with it. I don't know how you do it. I know you guys get a lot of these fucking things out there. Um Yes, he is paying Jada. You want to break that down, Sarah? Sarah, so you want to break down that, you want to break down that they're paying you for that? Yes, they do. They do pay me. Uh, God damn, congratulations. Congratulations that they're paying you for that because Sarah, you do realize that's the Sean Watson DMing you, right? Little bitch-ass micro-penis to Sean. Look at his wee-wee. It looks like a clitoris. That looks like Wouldn't a clitoris. A cup? I-, I lost you. Are you there? Um, that looks horrible. Uh, I don't know. If- I lost Sarah. But that looks horrible. Did you have you? Did you see that shit, Jada? Did you see that, Sarah? Can you believe that? Like, like I said, put socks in there. Wait up. Time out. I got to ask you a question. You guys have filters. You guys do fake boobs. You do BBL. I always ask this question. Why can't a guy fake his dick size? You guys can fake your ass size and titty size and all that shit, lips and everything else. Do you think guys should fake their dick size? And would it be a complete turnoff if you got to meet this guy and he's like, okay, you see this dick size and then you're like, wait up, this isn't even real. What do you do? I don't know what I would do. (laughs) But I do think they just approved the new... uh the new implant for men. What do you mean they so appro- now? What do you mean they approved it? So in California, one of my girlfriends was talking about how they just approved a like just it's like a boob job for men. You can it's like a dick job. You can make it bigger. Jada, she Jada loves Deshaun Watson. I got to be honest. Jada defends <laughs> the Jada defends Deshaun Watson like a motherfucker. Jada. My shit is little when it's small, too. But it ain't that little, dog. Come on, Jada. There ain't enough water in the world to make that motherfucker grow. Did you see the little wee-wee? Come on, Jada. You got to stop defending this motherfucker. He is a shitbird. He's a predator. Understand it. I know he's a brother, girl. He's a shitbird. Come on, homie. Um, Sarah, I got to ask you. Uh, Jada said his major shrinkage. There ain't enough shrinkage in the world. That that motherfucker has a 
clit. He has a clit, girl. There ain't enough water in the world to grow that. Come on, let's keep it 100 and keep it moving. Um, I got I'm just saying, you got to be shitting me. Come on now. Um, Kelly was great today. Your friend was great today. Uh, we got to get her back on the show. You guys going to have We're going to add a girls talk basically. We're going to we're going to uh, add a girls talk to this segment where Sarah and she'll bring her girls on the show and they're actually going to do like an after hours thing. And the membership obviously will change. So if anyone in here, I know Jay's going to pay $1,000 an hour. But a lot of you guys um, are going to have to become a different member for you to have the after hours with Sarah and her girls. That's coming down the length. That's coming down the lot, by the way. So, um, yeah, as soon as I pulled up Deshaun Watson's little wee-wee, all the bots showed up. Fucking ironic. Um, it's real crazy how that works. Um Sarah's having technical difficulties. She's had a hell of a storm come through there. So we're trying to wait on her. But anyway, um, I hear you, Jada. I hear you. I hear that you don't. I hear you. I get it. Uh, Sarah's back. Um, you got to have a bad storm again? Bad storm right now. Like, it's wind blowing. Really? Thunder. Yeah, Sarah's having a bad storm. Um like I said, we have a star-studded lineup next week as well. But tomorrow, it's Friday. Um, I want to give you guys what we have in store for you. Uh, we have MMA fighter Alex Perez joining the show. Um, Alex Perez will be joining the show tomorrow. And then great UCLA Bruin, ex-NFL tight end Charles Arbuckle. He'll also be joining us um, tomorrow so we will end the in sh- the week with a bang and uh me and sarah will get more talk is is also we'll have a lot more talk alone we won't have too many guests on uh and then next week like i said we got brian urlacher on uh right on monday right after zach leaves the show brian urlacher comes on and um yes we'll only do afties if somebody calls in that's the only way we're doing afties. So if you guys don't want to fucking call in because you're scared little pussies, then go fucking somewhere else. If you guys want to call in and drop your nuts, then call in. The chat will be in the fucking link. The link will be in the chat. So you guys call in. Other than that, it's been a great fucking first four days. We're here on this Thirsty Thursday. I'm drinking tequila and squirt. Um... You know, Sarah's drinking Trulies, and, you know, you guys can't be more entertained than this show. I don't know, give a fuck. So go tell your friends, hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow. We will both see you guys tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and if you guys want, we're going to have a little couple-minute segment for After Hours, me and Sarah. If she hasn't been kicked out because of her storm, um, we will have a we will have a... Um, a little after hours. So if not, we'll see you tomorrow at one o'clock on the West Coast. Uh, she's has bad service because she's having a hell of a storm right now. So, um, she's gonna get on her phone and see if that works. But in in the meantime, we'll see you guys tomorrow. There's Sarah. She's back. Um, she got on her phone because her service. She has a Elon <laughs> Musk service and it's shitty. Yeah. 
Elon Musk is a shitbird. I'm throwing it out there. I'll see you guys for the after hours. Call in. Talk to Sarah. I put the link in the chat. If not, we'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific. And uh, appreciate you guys. Stay tuned for the after hours and the after party on YouTube. Everybody on Spotify, Apple's, iTunes. See you guys tomorrow. Peace. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion. And I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture that we have. The Coach JB Show with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Give it to you straight, no chaser. Sarah Blake.